And we're back. That's right. I gotta get better at this. Well, you know. You only show up uh, in person on Sundays every so often, so <laughs> we'll give you a mulligan on that first one. Thank you. I'll be ready. Uh, it is Free Talk Live. We're a live call-in radio talk program where you can call in, talk about anything that's on your mind. The telephone number here is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Captain's log, star date 09172023. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. <laughs> Joining me tonight... It's Nikki. And Mark. Uh, thank you, Mark, for being here on Sunday with us. We, we're weird. It's so, certainly my pleasure. So, I mean, I think you fit right in, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You've been here before. So Is this uh, like his audition? <laughs> we'll see, we'll, well see how it goes. Yeah. Don't you know, us. Uh, like the one thing, the one mark against him, pun intended, <laughs> is the lack of facial hair. That's right. I have no facial. Whoa, Nor whoa, does Nikki. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Nikki. What is that supposed to mean? N- Nikki's female, so that's oh, way, that that's way better. Yeah, yeah. Okay. like it's it's beneficial if you have no facial hair, yeah, particularly to our so. to our viewing audience over at uh, <laughs> right. watch.freetalklive.com. We do have the guest beard. We do, and actually, Mark guested on Beard Talk Live last night, and he did don the guest beard. Yeah, you can only don it for so long, though. It's really know? super itchy. Yeah, it's yeah. really terrible. <laughs> I I blame the uh, the pro- it looks. Good. I mean, like from the camera, I, I it's course, pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I can't see very well because the the camera viewer is maybe six inches and fifteen feet away. So, you know, but I look like, oh yeah, that might be what I'd look like with a beard. Yeah, due to lack of budget, the procurement of said guest beard was done by well, Mark. And of course, Mark, being notoriously cheap, spent what ten bucks? Yeah, it was I think ten dollars for the beard yeah. <laughs> on the thing. So it was, this was the premium beard. <laughs> there were that, cheaper ones. Really? Yeah, there well, were. Yeah, because like we'd been looking at you know hundred dollar guest beards. Oh, there's probably you know, that. Yeah, in that in that range, and like we were gonna do like a fundraiser maybe, or you know <laughs> oh like gosh. set up a different wallet and like have people donate crypto to it or something just to can we raise enough just to get a guest beard? But then you show up with one, we're like, oh sweet, we don't Perfect. have to do that now. Yeah. Thanks. Send it in in a paper envelope. <laughs> yeah, we have authentic human hair. <laughs> like it was some kind of yeah. This, Virgin the, never died. No, it's not that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Um, do so you guys cut it out of some hippie's carpet? Yeah, I think it might be felt. <laughs> it may be felt. It's been felt, and it'll be felt again. When you put it on, it's felt, even if it's not. Um, it's like a visit to the county jail. We have a caller on hold already, and I want to get to him uh, first. But have you guys heard? I know you know what FOMO is, right? Yeah. Fear of missing out. Do you know what FOBO is? No. F O B O. I think right. I do. Has nothing to do with body odor, by the way. Okay, it's not good. fear of body odor, which was Is it my fear first. Of, I have that. So bombing out. N- no, but okay. kind of depending okay. on the context. All right, uh, we, we'll we'll get to that and talk about it first. Let's go to Law Dog calling from Michigan. Law Dog, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, can you give me about three or four minutes? I I got a scenario right here for you. No, I you're on the radio everything. right now. Okay, Jacktown Confidential, off the record on the QT and very hush-hush. Let's review. Motion of summary disposition in proper judicial venue. Copy of correct contract, a.k.a. card member's agreement with affidavit stating the true, authentic, genuine, and correct 
uh, contract pertaining to the, get this, alleged and disputed debt. Call JAMS, Judicial Arbitration Mediation System for Initiating... Okay, it sounds like you're reading from a bunch of stuff there, Law Dog. What's the, what's the heart of the matter? What's going on? Give no, us the summary. Give me three or four minutes and you can make America uh, happy. Yeah, I, that's no, not how that's, this works. That, yeah, I, nobody's going to listen to you reading a thing for three or four minutes and be entertained. So, sadly, the, ever, the it, first it, priority it, of this show is saving, to be a show. It's, it's, it's saving their financial butt. Can you just give us a summary, please? What, what can they search on the internet? Uh, motion for summary judgment. Motion Get for summary judgment. Contract. Arbitration clause. Never, ever, ever miss your court date. Uh, Seems like debt validation advice. letter to junk debt buyer. So you uh, want to teach people how to sort of win? I don't want to teach anybody anything. Oh, you then, know? then what's the point I, of your call? I'm, uh, you know, I, I, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, you there? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're listening. Hi. We're waiting for you to tell us. Law dog? Law dog? Law dog going once. Law dog going three times. Well, all right. Thanks for the call, man. Clearly information the government did not want you to know. Like, yeah. it, like I understand people who call and want to give us and our listeners information. That's great. But our listeners are capable of you know reading the details themselves. And that's really the best way to do it. You've I mean, radio a- isn't the medium. Like, nobody's sitting there with a pencil waiting for Law Dog's no, call yeah, exactly. and taking you, notes and things like that. You and, gotta- and it's fine if, like, we ask a question and then he goes to his source material and, like, tries to answer. That's fine. But, like, you got to be able to give us a summary of yeah. what you're calling. I'm calling today because, ladies and gentlemen, uh, these people are getting ripped off. Here's how. And I have this information in front of me that might be helpful. Great. You know, how can people... People get a hold of that yeah. information. Have you republished this somewhere? Has Does it exist somewhere else? How can people help themselves to this information? It's also usually helpful if the callers know what the point of their own call is. It's a little, you know, yeah. red flag if you can't answer that question. Have a, have a title. Have That's a headline. That's supposed to be like the simple part. What's what's the point? Thank you for the call, Law Doug, and feel free to call again. Um, I had asked you guys previously if you had heard of FOBO. Yes. Right, everybody yep. knows FOMO is fear of missing out. Yep. Well, this from Zero Hedge, young people begin to freak out about AI taking their jobs, survey reveals. Now, this is weird because, uh, Mark, you and I are about the same age. I remember the, the, the growing up, the big complaint against uh, immigration was, they're taking our gerbs. Right, yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Robots Park, are the new immigrants. South Park did a whole thing on it, right? You know, they're taking our gerbs and all that kind of thing. It, it's become a meme of itself. Yeah. And so apparently the new fear of Which they're job taking loss, our jobs was so much better than the fear that came before that, which is we won't have jobs because the Japanese are going to make everything. <laughs> well, it turns out it's the Chinese. <laughs> right. Well, it, but, yeah. but it won't be soon. <laughs> It'll be somebody else. It's those darn Bangladeshis right. working yeah. for nothing. Well, I, I heard somebody argue that one of the reasons that uh, computer automation, not necessarily AI, but stuff that you know kind of resembles what AI is trying to do to industries, uh, hasn't come to full fruition yet because there are still financially destitute people to be exploited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that that is to say that it's still cheaper to hire offshore labor to do all sorts of things than it is to employ or deploy automation, computer automation, industrial automation, which is sure. would be computerized, that type of a thing. 
And I don't remember the exact specifics of the argument, but like I was convinced. I'm like, that makes total sense. That's why, you know, and in fact, what has happened with the information revolution, the Internet, if you will, the information superhighway is uh, the the net effect, if you will, no pun intended, is uh, bureaucracy has grown. Mm -hmm. Right. There's more paper pushers, more desk jobs, more data entry to be done because these databases don't update themselves. Okay. Yet. Now, AI, AI, I do that. AI aims to replace automated tasks. Anything that can be easily automated can be done by AI. So if you find yourself in a job where it's routine, where you're constantly inputting the same sets of information into different databases or something along those lines, uh, or you have to do data analysis, mm-hmm. you have to like sort of interpret the information, like all these things are probably going away between the combination of AI and the blockchain. Because yeah. the blockchain can serve as an indisputable record that's permanent and public, uh, and AI can actually automate the tasks. So to answer the question, and this article will talk about it, FOBO is the fear of becoming obsolete. FOBO. Becoming obsolete. All right. right. I mean, I guess I understand the fear, but I personally think it's a good thing that a lot of these jobs are being replaced by AI and other, you know, automated things like Mm -hmm. the self-checkout. That's a big one that a lot of older folks are so... I mean, oh, up in arms about like there's they are, a bunch of like, libertarians that are like, hey, uh, you don't pay me 20 bucks an hour. So you come and check my grocery. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm a big fan of self-checkout. Yeah. I want to get out of the store as fast as possible with uh, as limited interaction as I can with employees that work there. Right. Why is that? Well, because the quality of service has declined over time. People don't know what the hell they're doing. People get things wrong all the time. There's a you know price discrepancy or something like or like, you know, if I'm just getting a couple of things, I just want to get in there so much I can, quicker. I can scan. I can bag right better than most people who get paid to do that. Well, and also, I mean, you walk around the store and you collect the things you'd like too. It, to me, it's kind of like complaining about that. Oh, well, you don't pay me $20 an hour to shop here. Right. So I'm not, you know, like, it's not really that much different. It's not a huge inconvenience. It's a very easy thing. It makes sense. And I don't really get why a lot of people are up in arms about it. Um, and there's there's a lot of things like that where it's just so much easier if humans are replaced by robots or AI or whatever in yep. those certain things. And honestly, people don't want to work those jobs anymore anyways. And we're developing new jobs that do need people right. for those jobs. So this is kind of just the natural progression of things. It seems that way to me, but many people argue against it. Yeah. And well, you know, they can. As far as I'm concerned, you should... You know, like, get what you want. Um, you know, I mean, Walmart generally has cash registers open. Get in line and do that thing. Well, they also have a large uh, self-checkout. Personally, area. I, w- at the grocery store, if I've got vegetables, which mm-hmm. is almost every time, I'll usually get in line to let the uh, the cashier take care of the vegetable thing. Why? I don't really, I mean, I've done it a couple of times at the self-checkout, you know, the weighing it, the finding it, and all that stuff. But, yeah. you know, I, I figure they're skilled at going through the list and they know where the cucumbers are or whatever um i don't know why i picked that it's the one vet one thing i won't eat <laughs> but uh, you know i they, they can they can tell the difference between the cilantro and the parsley and you know these kind of things and they just you know ring them up and off they go so eh, i just let them do it interesting now if it's something with a qr code on the bottom yeah or excuse me a, a mute 
what is it called? U- UPC? UPC. Right, UPC yeah. on the bottom. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, absolutely. I'll do all that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and like when it comes to bagging my groceries, like there used to be an art to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there used to be like people wouldn't hire people who were bad at bagging groceries. That's not the case anymore. Yeah. Or so it seems to me. And whenever I, I do go through a checkout line and they got to bag stuff for me, it's always messed up. Yeah. But like most of the time, no, 80% and I, of the time. I understand that because I'm very particular about yeah. how things go in the bag as well. And that's why I love Aldi's because it's quick and you can bag your own stuff and things like that. You know, the same thing with the shopping carts. You put the quarter in. Yeah. All of those things make your groceries cheaper, which is really what I want. Yep. I just want good quality stuff for as cheap as possible. Yep. So I think it's great. I, um, when it comes to grocery bagging, they say, is there any way you want this, uh, these things, uh, bagged? Yes. In the bag. I just, you know, <laughs> just put them in the bag. <laughs> I figure you're the, the bagging expert. You go ahead and do it. Well, and that, that's the way things used to be, in mm-hmm. my opinion, right? The, the bagging person was the bagging expert. They knew that you don't put the eggs on the bottom and everything else on top. Right. I mean, that's common eggs sense. Might get cr- is it? Oh, uh, yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> I don't think It's still so. common sense whether they do it or not. I, I, yeah. It, well, it's. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just sense because it's not common. If my right. eggs were broken at the end of this, I would be like, huh, what a bunch of idiots. Right. Um, but they never have been so far. Um, what always creeps me out is, is like the if I go shopping with my mother, she'll buy a can of Raid. It seems like every time. Okay. Put that in with something with some yeah. food. Like I freak out. You know, like suddenly, like what in the world? Throwing around this stuff with is your, literally like, poison. With your like cabbage and your lettuce <laughs> and your carrots and, and your squash or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, millions of jobs across the Western world are at risk due to artificial intelligence. Earlier this year, Goldman Sachs. I'm sorry, Goldman Sachs cautioned its clients that AI could affect up to 300 million jobs in the coming years. Recent news about IBM implementing you know, a hiring freeze. You, just yeah. just talking about Free Talk Live for a second sure. here. There is plenty of audio of Ian and I and you and probably probably Nikki uh, on the radio to be able to get our voices. Yep. Determine what that voice is. Yep. Um, I would think that you could go right now to get AI to say, "Hey." Write a libertarian script. Well, just write a libertarian two. Write a write a script between two libertarians arguing about property rights. Oh right. yeah, easy. And yeah. then you know you just have Ian argue one. You have Mark argue the other, and then over time you can build, develop characters yep. that might be closer and closer to them. You know, Ian there blow up cop cars. You know, and uh, <laughs> Ian and Mark's like, well, I don't know. I don't it, think so. It's possible that in uh, you know. Uh, well after our lives have expired, yes, that right. somehow some AI is still producing free talk live shows with Ian and Mark. I think cool. there's a fan probably who has just heard my pitch and is going to be calling me tomorrow. <laughs> it's Mark at freetalklive.com. Just so <laughs> it's not a phone number, though. That's an email address. No, right. Oh, no, we're being replaced by AI. <laughs> oh my God, are you afraid? Not really. Because <laughs> that's Phobo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> lose the big pay <laughs> uh recent news about ibm implementing a hiring freeze due to automation along with similar actions by other corporations has sparked the fear of becoming obsolete or phobo amongst the younger workforce participants according to a new poll gallup revealed a surge in respondents expressing phobo driven by the expansion of ai over the last year 22 percent now say they worry that technology will make their job obsolete 
That's up seven points from the prior reading in 2021. The figure had previously varied between 13 and 17 percent with little upward movement in the trend. Uh, FOBO is occurring with college-educated workers, among whom the percentage... I would think so, because those are the ones who would be concerned about their jobs. Because what I hear is is it's going to tear out the middle of the earners. Uh, the people who are in the middle is what the... Uh, the, the middle class is... Yeah, they're going to get... That's what's going to... Goes get, away. Um, I mean, and know, I would think, like, out. a lot of trades... I mean, you maybe could... No, trades are where you're safe. No, no, that's what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say, because I, I'm just theorizing. I mean, maybe you could program robots to build a house but i just don't see that happening anytime in the near future so yeah. i and like plumbing electrical work you know like that would be hard all of that to, stuff. I, I mean it, it, that would that kind of goes beyond an ai thing and that would be more yeah. like physical robots doing and stuff like it would actually be easier for ai and 3d printing and that kind of thing to build a brand new house from scratch than it yeah. would uh, to fix something. To yeah. fix something, and this is where the human value comes in. Mm-hmm. If you know how to repair stuff, yeah, right. That's where the real human value yep. comes in, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and you know, the trades are where it's at. Uh, robots, AI, three D printing—they might help these industries along mm-hmm. in ways, shapes, and forms that we haven't imagined yet. But the creativity and the skills to put it together in in the right way that's not going away anytime soon so uh welding carpentry plumbing, plumbing electrical should always right. be mentioned i have never met a poor plumber um yeah. i mean those right? bas- bastards you plumbers um yeah i mean it's, it's it's a great earning job i've got to say this as far as teaching young people to uh for trades and that kind of thing my son jack has developed this uh Whatever I'm like, come on, we're going to go hang a picture for your Muffy, okay. um, you know, or whatever we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, right? Like He's never seen Adam's family. Where did he get this groan from? I have no clue. Uh, I have no idea. And it's not like I scream at him when he holds the light. Yeah, You know what? When he holds the light, he's terrible at it. I probably do scream at him for that part. So you're telling me Jack has not become a... Jack of all trades. Yeah, well, he's he's a lot better off than his contemporaries. I can tell you that. That's good. That's it's great. just because he's had to. Well, but he I'm, probably yeah. he couldn't fix a small engine. No. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I yeah, either. me either. Yeah. Well, there are people. I there mean, are people who can. So I, I might get them. lucky and diagnose it right the first time, and then figure out what I need to replace in it, and be able to do that. Might, yeah. but like I'm like I'm going to go ask somebody else first. Right, I'm not going to be like, yeah, oh yeah, I know exactly what to. I'm going to be like, let me call this other guy who's way better at this than me. Right, I will defer to a legitimate authority. Right, yeah. somebody who I consider an expert in a thing that I'm not an expert in. I uh, got a lot of training in fixing houses, not a lot of training in fixing vehicles. So I do the house stuff that's just labor intensive, and I leave the vehicles to somebody else. Uh, and I do not touch electric. You know, I'm, it's usually a good advice I'm to not, not touch electric. Yeah. Gonna call an I, electrician. I, it depends on what it is and whether or not I know where the off switch is to turn like everything off to make sure that there is no energy. Right, I know how to touch something that to a ground. That part isn't what bothers me. It's to, the to make long sure term. that there's any yeah. discharge, whatever. That right, yeah. I mean, but if like I could probably replace a standard outlet, right? Oh, I the can do that. Shot, I'll, okay, right? I'll you replace know? a standard outlet. I could go turn off the electricity, <laughs> wire up an outlet, you know, or un- undo and redo uh, an outlet or something like that, or replace a switch, maybe. 
but like the more complex it gets, the less likely I am to tackle it myself. And notice on the list of trades, we didn't men- mention electrician, who is probably the chief among I, them. I did worry or worry uh, mention electrician. Okay, good. Because that's something I'm hiring out most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Because I well, don't. Well, that's wanna, why they make like $150 yeah. an I hour. I don't. I don't want to burn more. my place down either immediately or later. Yeah. <laughs> that's I do it. Yeah. That's uh, always a nice surprise. Here in New Hampshire, right? they're 150 years old. You want to keep them, right? Uh, FOBO is occurring with college-educated workers, among whom the percentage worried has jumped from eight percent to twenty percent. Gallup said at the same time. Survey data showed those without college degrees could care less about AI taking their jobs. <laughs> Take yeah. it. Take it. <laughs> Most of the phobos occurring with younger respondents. Uh, they've got some charts here that I'm not going to attempt to decipher over the air. So, uh, real quick, this well, this one sector just makes incredible margins. Coffee. Yeah. Right? I mean, they they take what was at one point... Uh, it, it had great margins, but I mean, you know, you think of what, 20 cents in coffee, maybe, you know, a few more cents in sugar and cream, the the paper cup, you know, a few things, you pour it in yep. from the little urn thing into the, no, the coffee. No, now we've got, we've got artisan coffee. But couldn't the gizmos, I mean, aren't the gizmos already producing pretty tasty coffee in convenience stores? Why is it that the 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 cappuccino has to be done by a human being. I'm it thinking- doesn't because they mess it up every single time. Every time I order a coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, Gourmet Donuts, and insert donut coffee shop here, yeah. they always make it different. And I'm ordering, you know, easy coffee like iced coffee with whole milk and light sugar. Mm. And they just, sometimes it's extra sugar. Yeah. Sometimes it's no sugar. Sometimes they get it just right, but very rarely. If you had a you know a machine doing that, would, I'm sure it'd be perfect every single time. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing about coffee is they've Existed. made it. They've made it into a production, right? Yeah. And so it allows people to be well snootier than they actually are. Right. Well, I think that they develop a uh, you know a preference for whatever their their coffee drink sure. is, and they like it, but. They've they've candied coffee is what they've oh, yeah. done. The same thing that That's like soft is. drinks were was you know liquid candy, right? Coffee is also liquid candy. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Are you in fear of being becoming obsolete? Give us a call. Let us know. More free talk live is coming up. This hour of free talk live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? You can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. But what about paying your bills? Spritz.finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account in case you still need those for some reason. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
we're live. And we're still, well, kind of free at least. So that makes Free Talk Live. If you are unfamiliar with our program, please visit freetalklive.com and find out all about us on our website. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Mickey. And Mark. The telephone number, if you want to join us, is 603-283-6160. We've been talking about Phobo. Rhymes with hobo. <laughs> it does. I'm, I'm reminded of uh, my former bass player's uh, verbal uh, invention. That's a uh, hobo sexual. Oh, no. so he only dates homeless women. Oh, no. And then the, the good news is that when he's done, he can just drop them off wherever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's not going to be the way it goes, gen- gentlemen. <laughs> he's a hobo sexual. I've heard of that term, but in the reverse, like hobosexual being someone that only dates somebody for a place to live. Sure. Now that I've heard. Well, uh, and that makes sense. You've just described rock drummers the world over. <laughs> That's the old joke. What do you call a drummer without a girlfriend? Homeless. Homeless. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, drummers. So this reminds me of a, an entirely different tack is, is that there's three different words describing three different levels of uh, hobo. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, like. Um, so there's hobo, tramp, and bum. And it all depends on whether or not they want to work. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're all sort of homeless, yeah. right? Wandering around without a place. Right. But a drifters. Yeah. I think it's a hobo wants to work, a tramp will work, mm-hmm. and a bum simply will not. Or, I mean, I don't have it sitting in front of me. So I, right. could I be think wrong the, in the hobo and the tramp. I think the tramps came from uh, the old rail tramps. Yeah. Right? And these would be people who would figure out that, oh, I can just jump on this empty rail car and get to another place. Right. And they would wander looking for work. Right. So I think that's where the tramps came from is that they would try, you know, they're like, well, I got nothing left to lose. I'll go get a job in another city and I'll jump a train to get there for free. It says tramp is in search of work. So maybe a tramp right. is a um, a person who wants to work. Right. They're the looking hobo, for work. They don't have any money. Yeah. So they got to get a free ride somewhere into a place where maybe there's opportunity. Yeah. So they would jump on the train and go and get a job somewhere else. Yeah. And then the hobo will work. And then the bum. I, this one I know. The bum will not work. And I mean, I don't know what the who it was on TV would always call people bums, but I mean, oh, it, it's yeah. a it's a pretty it's a pretty rough uh, pejorative, yeah, you know. Uh, the article here continues talking about Phobo, and it says the number one worry respondents had was AI and other technological advancements harming their job benefits. About one third said they were worried about reduced benefits, and almost a quarter worried about decreasing wages. Uh, the wake-up call for workers has been the release of ChatGPT last November. It's only it's not even been out a year, right, ChatGPT? Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, it's quote, the world. It is no longer only about robots standing in for humans in warehouses and on assembly lines, but it has expanded to online programs conducting sophisticated language-based work, including writing computer code. Now, I've already experienced uh, this obsolescence. Right, and that is to say that AI uh, has become so good at reproducing the human voice, just sure. audio files, that uh, my bread and butter, which was voicing uh, telephone systems for businesses, right? Uh, you know, press one for sales, press two for service, press three for this, that, and the other thing, right? Um, uh, I would voice all that stuff, and so I, that would create repeat customers because. You know, every couple of years they're going to redo something. Yep. You know, some of 
Some of the organizations prefer a list of everybody's name that you read to them instead of them recording their own because they want it to sound more consistent and professional or sure. whatever. And so then you'd get repeat work because you'd have to go in and update this stuff whenever there was employee turnover or if they were acquired by another company, you'd have to change the company name and all this kind of stuff. None of that exists anymore, or at least uh, it doesn't on any of the newer uh, telephony systems. There's some old systems out there, some on-premise systems that you know still you know, have the need for people like me to do that kind of work. But uh, there's still by and large, by and large (laughs) now, all anybody has to do is call in tier one customer service and be like, yeah, uh, you got the old list playing for the employee directory. Uh, I just submitted you in text the new list. Can you make the change? Like, hold on a second. Tap, 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 copy, paste. The AI does all the work. Yeah. There's not a human that has to go in and record that, upload it, right? Make sure it's the right volume. No, the AI just does it all, and it sounds incredibly real. I have played AI voice um, commercials yeah. on Free Talk Live in the past just to see what it was like yeah. and see if people could, you know, would make comments. Not a one, never crickets. Now, they may have known, but nobody said anything. No, I, what I'm saying is technology has gotten so good that even a seasoned professional at doing this, me, can't tell. Like, I can't tell the difference. I could not tell. They have so many different choices now. You can choose. Like the most popular, male English, but you can choose a tenor, a baritone. Mm. You can choose like a- like And a, choose a, between them. Yeah, you can choose like, a, a, what do they call it, mid-Atlantic. You can choose urban. You can choose, right? And there's these different subculture accents that they've perfected. Yeah. Right, uh, you could choose female. Yeah, the the you urban could that's southern. not too urban is very popular. Right, right. You can choose a uh, uh, female high voice, female mid voice, female low voice. Uh, you can choose soothing. You can choose piercing. You can choose like all these different descriptors for all these voices, and it's just a so it's a checkbox. Yep. Right. This previously was you would have to search through hundreds of people to find the right voice for your company, for your organization. Right. And then maybe some companies, if they're making enough money, would just continue to hire that person for as long as they did it, as long as they did. And then it morphed into, well, we'll hire a person with these talents, but also have them do other stuff. Right. So they're combining roles now. Right. They're finding somebody with a talented voice to also do some other stuff. And so that's kind of where I found myself. And then now, like even my sort of uh, side work, right, where I'd get these like, hey, you did our our voice system for us back in, you know, 2004. Do you think? You, and I'd be like, sure. Right. You know, they send me some PayPal or whatever. And that kind of thing. That's dried up. Gone. Yeah. They've all been migrated onto new systems where that is no longer necessary. It's all done by digital technology AIs. It's progress. It is. And like, I'm picky. But when <laughs> I listen to these systems... They're great. I'm like, I don't know that I could have done any better, right. quite honestly. You know, they're, they're great. Now, uh, they don't turn out great when the person doing the programming of the system screws up, right? They yep. use a comma where they shouldn't have right. or an extra space or they misspell a word. And so now the AI doesn't quite know how to pronounce it. Some of the more uh, ethnic sounding names. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking of like uh, Polish names, Russian names, right? These long Eastern Europeans, uh, Asian names for that matter. The, the English speaking uh, voices can't get Spanish words uh, proper, right. you know. but they do have Spanish available. Yeah, they, they do. Uh, like all the multiple languages, and it's even to a point where if somebody were to submit a script for their whole phone system, uh, and they only submitted it in one language, 
right? The the telephony systems that are being developed now can just transduce that. It'll translate it for you. Nice. And so if you're like, oh, yeah, we also want, if somebody presses four to get this whole thing in English, it'll translate it for you. Now, in my opinion, you should still run that by somebody who speaks Spanish. Yeah. Or if it's in Spanish and you translate it English, you want to run it by somebody just for yeah, you don't contextual mess that up. You know, purposes. But as long as you do that, just as a CYA, uh, it's going to come out great. And it's probably way cheaper, too. Because I could. It costs nothing. Yeah. Literally, it's just programming. Like I said, a tier one customer service rep making you know, 15 bucks an hour, whatever it is, whatever the minimum is they can get away. Sometimes these are offshore people, so there's even less than that. Like all they got to do is copy and paste, and they have to be granted access to the platform, to the customer's sure. partition to make these changes. So there's got to be some trust involved, but it's just copy and paste. Uh, and, you know, that's how it is now. Uh, whereas it used to be like if. If myself and the other people uh, at the company that I worked for that had good voices, well, I thought I curated these people to you know help with this type of work when it was too much for one person to keep up with. Um, when you know we were unable, or like the customer was too picky just for sort of their freebie, right? Because we mm-hmm. give them a free one on the way in, and then changes cost them a little extra here and there, depending on how big the change was and that kind of a thing. Um, we would partner with some other company that like had a bunch of talent on their roster and they were, you know, that was their whole entire company. They, we just find talent and we now people would have to pay big bucks for this. We're talking a $1,500 entry fee just to become a customer of this company and choose, you know, Oh, I was listening to the recordings on your website and Bob Smith sounded the best or Janie Reynolds sounded the best, right? They would pick that particular artist and then they would sign a contract to have them on board for X amount of time to do all their changes. Gone. All that stuff is gone. Yep. All gone. Yeah. So. The world's changed and, uh, you know, I didn't expect us to be first, but here we are. <laughs> well, I don't think that live broadcasting will ever go away. Right, I think that there is... That's because people are willing to do it for free. <laughs> well, but I, I, I think there's value in human beings talking to other human beings. As opposed to like AI trying to talk to human beings, yeah. I don't think AI could conduct a very effective live call-in program. Well, and it's it's not quite perfected yet. You know, like sometimes you'll see like oh the AI Burger King commercial, and it's something about it is always not quite right. Or if they're like oh um you know do a uh, Joe Rogan podcast. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, I could maybe kind of believe it. And then it says something that you're like, no, that, you know, gave it all away. Oh, like these deep thinks? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the good news is that mankind is fallible. Therefore, anything mankind builds is also fallible. So, again, we're talking about repair. <laughs> oh, sure. Right? If you know how to fix, you know, even a computer program, right? Some coding may be involved. Or if you have the right AI that you can deploy in just the right way to go fix somebody else's code, right? If you can repair stuff, that's where the value is. Mm-hmm. The value is going to be in repair. Uh, building, right, you know, that kind of stuff uh, is always in demand, always will be uh, constructing of new stuff because there's always something new coming down the pipe. Uh, so those are the things that are valuable. Uh, according to Goldman's Jan Hatzius, using data on occupational tasks in both the U.S. and Europe we find that roughly two-thirds of current jobs are exposed to some degree of AI automation and that generative AI could substitute up to one-fourth of current work. 25%. Yeah. Extrapolating our estimates globally suggests that generative AI could expose the equivalent of 300 million 
full-time jobs to automation as up to two-thirds of occupations could partially be automated by AI. So, uh, for one, I would say salespeople are pretty safe because that always requires a little something very human. Um, However, you were mentioning that you were hiring people at one point who had the dual skills. They had not only the voiceover, but they had the the VO uh, possibilities. But they also had – they could do other things. Right. So, you would get them to do all kinds of things. I think that's where Mostly tech support. I think that's where – the rest of us are going to is is that the job won't go away the job description will change mm-hmm. and that we'll be in charge of watching over the ai doing some stuff and then we'll have other things to do and this is the there's been much hullabaloo over progress for a long time yeah and i will admit progress is coming quickly now and it will probably come more quickly as the as as we go on but so far, humans have not been replaced. We can, uh, I mean, we right. can we can get jobs for anybody with an IQ over eighty five, right? right? Uh, I mean, you got an IQ over eighty five, you're taking care of uh, a family, you're doing all kinds of stuff. It's the ones under that uh, you're like, what do we do with these? Right. And well, you know, what do we do with those? Uh, what the same thing we've been doing with them, I guess. Yeah, you know, Walmart well, greeter, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, and and you're absolutely right, actually. Um, what uh, the United States has become, right? It used to be, you know, in the fifties or whatever, right? The United States was a manufacturing country. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, Ford, Chevy, right? Boeing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we manufacture, we make stuff. Well, it's yeah. no longer true. Uh, we haven't been a manufacturing company for mm, decades, right? Uh, what the United States has become, though, is a service industry, right? Doing exactly that, tech support, um, made services, um, you know, a service-oriented economy, right? We're doing all the other jobs now. We're not making stuff, but we're, you know, servicing contracts. We're uh, doing benefits, you know, we're uh, database administration, right? We're IT people now, right? That kind of mm-hmm. a thing. That's you know, these are where the job explosions have been. Technology has been the largest growing sector in the United States since I was born, right? Near as I can tell. Yeah. Uh, and largely, technology has been responsible for most of my livelihood. Period. Right. Uh, if not all of it. Right. Because I always found myself just a little bit ahead of the curve when it came to technology. And so I was able to sort of regurgitate that back, teach people or help people out when they got into a bind. And it oh, turns out people will pay for that. Oh, absolutely. So, Remember when young people, all they, all they had to do was say Facebook and social media and they had a job? Right. Like, like how unqualified. <laughs> and, and we all find out that we don't know a darn thing about Facebook and social media and that it wasn't very valuable anyway. But, I mean, for 10 years, a lot of people made a lot of money. And they still do. It's just uh, there's now different social media. only fans that, now. Well, and what's <laughs> yeah. the other one? The, the service industry, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. there it is. What's the other one? TikTok? TikTok is not like OnlyFans. No, I know, but like... Uh, uh, <laughs> well, sometimes TikTok, it is. T- TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> TikTok and Instagram are two platforms that I have never signed up for or participated in at all. Now... To be fair, I see a bunch of TikTok videos on other platforms. Yeah, it's like right? you can't stop people from sending them to you. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I can't, at least. Yeah, they, they show up on Twitter. They show like up on Facebook. Day. They yeah. show up wherever, <laughs> right, on Mastodon, whatever it is. People are sharing these videos everywhere. So you can't get away from uh, vicariously using the platform. But these are platforms that I've never signed up for 
uh, because I just haven't seen the value. No one can come to me and say, hey, Captain, you know, I realize you just released a new three-song EP, and folks can find that at CaptainKickass.com. But, man, you could be selling way more downloads or getting more streams if you just had a TikTok. Like, Mm. nobody's coming to me and telling me that, right? Uh, And if I go and look for that information, there's no information to support that either. Yeah, I I think it's basically luck. Because you do have like those random people who become TikTok famous, and there's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's not like they have better content than anybody else. It's just random. Yeah, it's the viral act, right? This yeah. used to happen. Matters. Yeah. This used to happen on YouTube all the time back before Google bought it, right? If you were signed out of YouTube and you just went to YouTube.com, it used to say top trending videos, yes, yeah, and it would be some lady in her living room with a funny cat doing something yeah, weird or exactly. whatever right because that was the top trending video mm-hmm. of the day that went away as soon as google bought it now yeah. if you log out of youtube and go to youtube.com uh through a web browser it'll show you this it looks largely like the same page but yep. all of the videos all are all mm-hmm. uh highly heavily produced big yep. fonts right oh, some yeah. some expression of you know something some extreme expression yep. but you know to capture the attention of whoever looks at this thumbnail like it's all yep. very, it, it's no longer organic in that way. Yeah, you it's, have to put a produced. lot more effort into right. it, too. So I could see that happening more frequently with something like a TikTok than yeah. anything else. Uh, sadly, Google has destroyed YouTube in well, that way. Everything's going to grow and change, and people must want these videos that, uh, that Google's producing for YouTube, is my guess. And I got to say, I'm pretty happy about a place where I can go and figure out how to fix anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, This article just sort of wraps up by saying uh, this is all a very big problem for those with uh, for those college students accumulating insurmountable student debt for degrees that may be proven worthless. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they were worthless before. I mean, and a lot of these degrees, it's like we can't blame this on A.I. Your degree was already worthless. I'm sorry, your gender studies degree. What are you going to do with that? I mean, maybe you could become a professor if you get like what's a the, doctorate what's in the other that. One? Is, it, is but... it the art degree? And like people go, oh, I got a yeah. degree in art. Like, oh, how about do for you? Yeah, you're, you're sitting mean, here on a radio. How about a communications degree? Oh, Was it yeah. ever worth anything? No, I, I did. I attended uh, school for audio engineering in, in <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota in 90. Now, those guys I still respect. <laughs> two, 93. And uh, like it was on the cusp of the digital revolution, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to learn. Uh, things that don't exist anymore, like destructive editing. Imagine cutting Sounds something fun. and not being able to undo mm. ever. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, had no level of undo, right? So, and then there's when no you, back arrow. Yeah, what do you do? No, you Cry. well, yeah, or you go re-record. Yep. Yeah, right. I mean, you had to just lay down new tracks. You had to call the yeah. band up and be like, "Uh, sorry guys, I sort of sort of killed the drummer's take, and you know, we need him come in and do another take." Fired. You know, that's that's what would happen, right? That's yeah. how you knew the good ones from the bad ones. Oftentimes, you would do more than one take, and you'd just take the second take that they didn't know about. And that's just... that's a smart and seasoned audio engineer, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so, like, you know, this was sort of... So I learned the analog ways, which was very beneficial to me for a lot of reasons. It taught me basic networking, because a recording studio is a network. It's just a whole bunch of gazintas and gazatas, as they <laughs> say on the Beverly Hillbillies, right? Uh, oh, the sound comes from here and gazinta here? Where does it gazata? Oh, gazata there. Oh, okay, well, where does it gazinta from there? Oh, gazinta here, right? And you just... Wire stuff up appropriately, right? But that's like networking 101 is just signal flow. 
right? The signal starts here, it goes here, yep. it takes a left, it goes over here, it takes a right, and then it ends up at the destination, which is the speaker, right? So same I'll thing I'm doing here tonight. It. No, right? it's the truth. I've, I've sat there and been told, you know, walked through these things, and by the end of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I completely understand. And then, you know, two months later when I've got to do it again, I've forgotten everything. <laughs> oh, that You've just summed up my entire life. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ian, and you know, Ian's like, oh God, you know, again, yeah. again, yeah, again. Yeah, Ian will show me things from time to time, and I'll be like, yeah, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> Sorry, man, yeah. I'm old. <laughs> I remember when I was young, and I'd say, learn things quickly. Yeah, I don't think I do anymore. Yeah, now I, uh, I have a phrase that I, I used to use on a resume. I think it was uh, adjusts easily in multitask situations. Hmm. All right. That sounds pretty good, right? What does it yeah. actually mean? Well, first of all, it points out that I'm not very good at multitasking, right? But I'll adjust to it if you really want me to do it. <laughs> uh, interesting note, a microphone and a speaker are the exact same technology. Ah, uh, yes, you've told me this on before. Yeah, like you can reverse the things, and, and and I did this in school when I was going for audio engineering, where you can just plug a speaker into uh, an XLR cable, a mic cable, yeah. and then plug you know the amplifier at a very low level uh, into the back of the microphone, and you can talk into the speaker and go in the other room and listen to it back out of the microphone. So Be- you're telling me that uh, Gilligan's Island, um, they had that radio, and they could have broadcast and got out of there well it's my recollection that they did broadcast no they didn't broadcast they tried to yeah, that would right. they would power up that radio and be like hey you know we're looking for somebody no was, I, they may have had a radio on the boat or something but there was this white uh bakelite radio that they had and um the professor said that there was no way and i don't believe there is there's no transmitter um right so so right that's a yeah that wouldn't work in that scenario no. But, like, if you are at a live concert, um, you could, in theory, uh, wire up the speakers and the microphones in the opposite form. It would probably sound it, bad. No, it sounds horrible because microphones <laughs> are designed to take yeah, input like, uh... in and then transduce it and then be processed before it goes out the speaker to make it sound as good as it possibly can. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that they're they're both made of the same components. They have a diaphragm. Mm-hmm. They have uh, a spring of some sort, or they're spring loaded in some way so that they bounce. They're resilient. Uh, they are the exact same technology. Just a microphone is a much smaller version of a speaker, and a speaker is a much larger version of a microphone as far as technology is concerned. Got it. Uh, so that makes for you know fun times in the recording studio, right? <laughs> You're like, I want to make some really weird sounds. Well, we got you. You know. Uh, before digital technology, there was a thing called backmasking. Yeah. All right. This is, Mark will remember this. Uh, they used to record. There were preachers that made a living off talking yeah, about this stuff. They used to record messages. Uh, what they would do is they would take the tape on the tape deck and they would flip it upside down so that when you hit record, it was actually recording backwards. So then they would say stuff like, I remember, I think, Sticks had a, a back mask on the Mr. Roboto album. Yeah. And it was the bit that's on like the dollar around the, the, the Latin or whatever it is around the, the pyramid. Union. No, no, it was the Anunit Queptus Novus or Dosiclorum or uh-huh. something like that. And they just said that, but like when you played it backwards, it sounded so it was like more. Or Stairway to Heaven. You play Stairway to Heaven backwards. Kiss had some of that. They did back masking. Sure. Black Sabbath engaged in it. But this was an analog thing that took 
a really long time for the digital environment to be able to mimic. Hmm. So even though most audio recording had transitioned to the digital domain, there were still certain things that you could only get right with tape. And there still are some to this day. Most recording engineers will record a drum kit to analog tape before importing that into the digital domain to give it its colored sound, the classic rock drum Mm -hmm. kit sound. 603-283-6160. Speaking of rock and roll, we've got an article about a legendary rock artist who is, is he being canceled? We'll find out. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. Physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com. 101reasonsfilm.com. Free Talk Live. And we're back. Back, back, back. Delay, delay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imitate reverb. I can only do Manuel delay. <laughs> I, like, I've had to do that in recording sessions, right? Where, like... You know, the studio you're working in is low budget. It's only got one rack mount delay for vocals, and, like, it goes on the fritz. And so you're like, well, we got to get this session done, and artists really wanted to have this delay effect at the yeah. end of this one part. So let's just get them to record it a few times. We'll double it up and throw some reverb on it, and, you know, we'll we'll create the effect of delay uh, by just making a guy do multiple takes, malting it all together, and throw some reverb on it. And it was effective, like... I don't think anyone ever noticed, but we knew. Yeah. And that's how you, that's the difference between a technician and an engineer, right? The technician just knows how to turn the knobs. An engineer knows how to get something out of stuff that has no business giving you that output. So at any rate, it is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's Nikki and Mark and the captain. Uh, This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a tech standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and the network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol, 
and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn all about Dash. That's Dash.org. All right. So we kind of, you know, we talked about the Phobo thing. We kind of, you know, got into rock and rollisms for a while. Uh, we just happen to have a story that is rock and roll oriented. Uh, it is about the infamous, if you will, Alice Cooper. Mm. And he's had, he's had fame, of course, and he's an old school recording artist. Yeah. So he made money back in the day. Uh, enough to be well-respected amongst his peers and amongst rock and roll and a well-known name. He's got his own radio show, too. He does, uh, his own podcast uh, yeah. as well, uh, which I think is just one and the same, kind of mm-hmm. like we do here. We turn oh, okay. our show into a podcast or yeah, whatever Yeah, because I didn't hear about the podcast. Makes sense. Um, That's cool. So he is, uh, If for folks who don't know who Alice Cooper is, uh, one of the originators of something called shock rock, right? Back right. in the day in radio, you heard of shock jocks. These were jocks who would be uh, way too zany and like, uh, you know, maybe say things that had never been said on radio before, uh, irking like conservatives and, you know, all sorts of other people. Alice Cooper was of that ilk as well. He would put on what I call a rock opera, a, a horror rock stage show. So his stage show would feature things like uh, a fake guillotine beheading. <laughs> right mm-hmm. uh, these were like you know sort of his closers right yep. at the end of the show this thing you know he goes he puts on a show uh the show has all sorts of like bit actors that come out and do things so it's very you know it tells a story it sows seeds of a story throughout the show and then it has some big sort of shocking ending at the end of the show that made the kids go wild and you know irked the parents there was also the uh, the, the biting the head off of a bat remember this one that was ozzy yeah so you know, whoever did it, it. Uh, but yeah it was a it was this thing that like we were just shocked yeah, sniffing the line of uh, ants. That was a good one, too, that Ozzy did. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, like a lot of Ozzy's behaviors was definitely drug-induced. Oh. <laughs> Got some of that encouragement. Yeah. Um, but there was this sort of... Um, that guy could barely talk, uh, you know, 20 years ago when he was... Oh, now, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Be- before the advent of the series of uh, movies called Jackass... Yep. Where basically they try to out stunt themselves. Right? Yeah, that yeah, was like rock a, and roll back in the a, day. I yeah, mean, rock and roll on. back in the day was this series of people trying to outdo each other for the most publicity. Yeah. Right? They would put on stunts like biting a bat's head. Yeah. Right? I mean, Stunting Keith Richards and I mean, people that were just notorious for trashing hotels and chucking oh, TVs yeah. out windows and all that yeah, fun stuff. Set it, I mean, even Jimi Hendrix in the sixties was setting his guitar on fire yep. and you know, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's, that's rock and roll baby. Yeah. So Alice <laughs> Cooper is that old. He comes from, yeah. you know, the, like he was putting records out in the seventies. Yeah. Don't let the black hair fool you. It's a, uh, it's die. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it looks it. I mean, he is. Oh yeah. He's he definitely aged. Like he's been uh, road hard and hung up wet. Yeah. Um, and you know what I like about Alice Cooper is the creativity with it. Like there's there's rock and roll stunts just like spontaneously doing crazy stuff or mm-hmm. or destroying property. That's actually kind of really not cool, actually. Um, but when it comes to Alice Cooper shows, I mean, I've seen Alice Cooper recently within the past like six or seven years, um, and he's still doing the theatrics. Right. But, you know, it, it kind of similar to Guar. We love bringing up Guar on this show. We do. Um, I do. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's planned out. And it's, you know, it's not like super intricate, but it 
it has that aspect of, you know, it being... Yeah, they have... Alice Cooper, much like Gore, features practical special effects, right? Yes. There'll be fake blood or, you know, something draining from somewhere, yeah. whether it's like oil or blood or something along those lines. Uh, usually something related to, like, a horror story, right? Yes. Alice Cooper likes to spin horror stories, whereas uh, Gore are supposedly intergalactic aliens who have come to Earth just to have fun while Earth sort of implodes upon itself thanks to mankind. (laughs) But I I mean, like, a lot of people go to the Guar show because they're like, I want to be front row with my white t-shirt. They want to get soaked. Like, that's part of the allure. And, I mean, Alice Cooper, I mean, Kiss was doing a lot of special effects. Yep. Um, You know, back in the The day... The face makeup uh, and all that kind of stuff. Very Kiss era. A lot of these... um, acts were kind of you know it, it was an act yeah. it wasn't just the rock and roll music like it was a show and that's why people were going to see nowadays you don't always get that with a lot of artists right. you know like you might have taylor swift dancing on stage with her guitar and a little like sequence you know leotard thing yeah. but i mean you're not getting the the really like interesting theatrics right. Yeah, and a, you're paying way more for it. So. Yeah, there's there's a lot more competition. Yeah, um, back in the day, and and I really I gotta wonder, uh, you know, like touring and making music are two totally different things these days, mm-hmm. and I don't know the business has changed so much. Yeah. Since I cared about the music business, you know, 20 years ago, that yep. I don't even know how they do make money now. Yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, yeah. yeah, I put out a three song EP on on the Fourth of July. I'm sorry, Independence Day. Independence Day, not the 4th of July. I mean, you might think they're the same thing. I just like to call it one over the other. Um, And, you know, I knew going into it that I'm never going to recoup my money, right? Uh, I did independent local bands for 22 years out in the Seattle area where, you know, there is an audience and there are people, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, Putting a thing out online without, you know, a tour behind it, uh, you know, is a risky proposition as is. But I didn't do it necessarily for the accolades or the money or whatever. I did it because it's just an extension of me and who I mm-hmm. am yeah. in, in bringing the message of peace and freedom and philosophy. Uh, I also feel like there's definitely a vacancy uh, within, we'll call it libertarianism, voluntarism, you know, people of the freedom mind. There's a, a vacancy in the rock and roll and heavy metal department. Yeah, absolutely. Right? There's there's country artists, there's folk artists. Yeah, there's or you some, got some of like the hippie music too. You've got some like rap and R&B stuff going on, right? Like the, the these types of acts exist and they have, we'll say libertarian-esque messages uh, in their music. And I was like, there aren't really a lot of metal bands that fall into that category. Which is surprising. Yeah. I mean, but that used to be the punk thing. Right. Right. You know, like earlier metal-ish music was more anarchist. Right. Yeah. Leaning. Or at least anti, right? It was always... It's anti, definitely. Yes, yeah, anti a, a rebellious. <laughs> yeah, they were rebelling against something, you know, insert topic du jour. Right, well, but they I mean, were always about no, screw that, man. That's not the way you do it. You know, they're, they're they're appealing to teenagers who know they don't like the way things are done. They just don't know the re- best way to do it, and so anti really works for them. So, as the rebellious form of popular music, rock and roll, that is, uh, and then you know, metal, of course, within that punk rock. You know, there's all sorts of sub subgenres. Alice Cooper was frowned upon. Uh, by parental units the world over. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. I remember being uh, denied permission to go see Alice Cooper. Not because I wasn't like old enough to go to a concert or whatever, just because my parental units hated that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know allegedly where he came up with the name Alice? I am not familiar. Is there a story so, behind it? So it, it's not, I don't know the whole story, but based on what I've heard, um, he picked Alice Cooper because it sounded like 
not what he actually would be. You know, like you hear you know, like Slayer. Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, that sounds that a little sounds like, like a metal band. Yeah. Sounds right. like a metal band. Sounds like mildly satanic, whatever. But Alice Cooper sounds like it could be like Taylor a nice Swift. woman. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mom, Dad, and then, I'm going to see Alice Cooper today. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that sounds wholesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then the kids would go and it's like, you know, there's blow up dolls on stage, <laughs> right. and a guillotine and all of these things. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, this is Alice? So uh, Alice Cooper wears face makeup, uh, kind of in the style of like a like a kiss face makeup, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. He's one of the OG face painters, if you will, uh, and has had the same look forever. Yeah. And because yeah. he is a rock and roll icon, of course, at some point, he ended up with a cosmetics deal. Now, yep. musicians will talk about all the time, like, yeah, dude, I got endorsed by this drumstick company, so now they just send me free sticks whenever they make some new ones, and I get to try them out and whatever. Same thing happens to a guitar player. It's like, oh, man, I got endorsed by a string company or whatever. Mm-hmm. Alice Cooper got a cosmetics deal because he was like, I will use your makeup, I will endorse your makeup, I will advertise your makeup, and you will pay me money for it. Yep. Well... No longer. <laughs> Vampire, with a Y, V-M-P-Y-R-E, Vampire Cosmetics, uh, has announced, this is uh, August 25th, has just announced their collaboration with Alice Cooper due to his transphobic remarks. So they're they're ending their relationship on August 25th. As the- soon as they say transphobic remarks, I know that the next thing that follows is going to be a series of gibberish. Yeah. Let's find out. <laughs> On August 25th, a statement was released from the brand's IG page. I don't know what IG means. Instagram. Oh, thank you. So I thought they were referring to some department within the, the company or something like nope. you know, public relations or something. Here's the quote. In light of recent statements by Alice Cooper, we will no longer be doing a makeup collaboration. We stand with all members of the LGBTQIA plus community. And believe that's yeah. the gibberish. And, and believe <laughs> everyone <laughs> should have access to health care. All pre-order sales will be refunded. Spoiler alert: Nothing Alice said had anything to do with denying people health care, or even. I would, I would argue. I would argue he what didn't what he said wasn't even transphobic. I'm assuming the question everybody wants to know is what the heck did he actually say? I I think I I know I read it when it came out. And I think I know what it is. Before we get there, uh, the LGBT-owned Vampire Cosmetics had already launched pre-sales for Alice Cooper's collection on August 14th and on their website. They explained that the collection will carry both physical and trend-wise characteristics of Alice. This collection will exude Alice's style and feature guitar and amplifier-shaped makeup palettes, microphone-styled lipsticks, and a major highlight for Alice Cooper and makeup fans to look forward to is a new version of Alice Cooper's iconic whiplash mascara. In the interview that ended it all, he described transgender as fad and stated that it is detrimental to teach children and teens about the gender spectrum. Here's the quote. I'm understanding that there are cases of transgender, but I'm afraid that it's also a fad, and I'm afraid there's a lot of people claiming to be this just because they want to be that. I find it wrong when you've got a six-year-old kid who has no idea, he just wants to play, and you're confusing him by telling him, yeah, you're a boy, but you could be a girl if you really want to be. I think that's so confusing to a kid, it's even confusing to a teenager. You're still trying to find your identity, and yet here's this thing going on saying, yeah, but you can be anything you want. You can be a cat if you want to be. That's the quote. 
I think, and, well, for one, they have catkin is yeah. one of the genders. Um, yep. So this isn't some kind of argumentum ad absurdum here where, uh, you know, some conservative says, I want to be an Apache attack helicopter, which, you know, I, I guess if you can be a cat, you can be an attack helicopter, but whatever. Right. Um the and I used to do a shtick here on the show where I did I'm intergalactic space king. Yeah. I identify I'm a trans monarchist. I identify as your ruler. And trans monarchist. If you don't agree with my I gender identity, which is your ruler, you suck. You're a bad person. And uh, I you know, I I always I thought it was insightful or whatever. I can see how like somebody might a person might be a, a woman entrapped in a man's body or vice versa. I get that. But I can't get the rest of this. The whole... It's gone too far. Right. I mean... Like and if, I think uh, some of it does stem from mental illness. And we're seeing a lot of teenagers who are confused. I mean, like like he said, being a teenager is hard. Especially if you're going right, to public yeah. school and it's just getting worse with social media and like... All of these things that well, your entire t- life on camera all the time. If, yeah. As having a teenager, I'd like to stop down and say one for a second. Yeah. Being a teenager, at least being a teenager of the teenagers that I've met recently, is easy as hell. However, they've got all kinds of chemicals going through their, yeah. he- their heads that makes life hard. And in fact, their easy lives make it harder to be a teenager because they're not worried about the basics like people in foreign countries are like i've how am i going to make some money so i can eat later on today right and that kind of thing no and i and i do think that's a great point and i think a lot of what's going on in high schools and colleges these days is like this is the new cool thing um when i was in school it was like cool to be bisexual like oh yeah i'm bisexual whatever turns out most of those people weren't actually bisexual maybe they were experimenting with you know the the same gender i mean like that's definitely so i'm trying possible. to relate that to like gen x school so you're saying that it would be uh, a trend much like uh, people who wanted to be a break dancer yeah like there was a point in school where like they they called an assembly and they brought in some break dancers and the next day everybody dressed up as break dancers i don't know where they got the money and how they got their parents to go yeah. shopping for them overnight or whatever Right, but like the next day, everybody was a freaking yeah. break dancer. Um, and that is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, that is teenagers experimenting and you know trying to find their identity. Um, so I, I don't think necessarily like a child or a teenager being like, oh, I, I think I might be the opposite gender and exploring transgenderism. I don't necessarily yeah. think that's a I, bad thing, but I, I do think it's important for parents to not, or teachers, whatever, to not lock children into that and be like, okay, well, I'm going to revolve everything around my five-year-old being transgender now because they could change their mind. It could be a little boy who's just playing dress up or or whatever. And I think it's really important that we remember that children are children. Teenagers are still trying to figure themselves right. out. Yeah. What, what I think this stems from is a lack of um, trusted guidance. And yeah. I don't mean trusted by the parents. I don't mean trusted by the teacher. I mean trusted by the children. Right? Children lack uh, guidance that they trust to like you know not bring harm upon them not bring down the ire of their teachers or their parents right mm-hmm. so you know people that they can talk to to go man i'm confused right now i don't know what's going on you know yeah. uh, and lay out their problems that kind of thing so like assistance needs to be made available uh for these 
children, yeah. right, to, to help them with that. And is it a failure of the schools, a failure of the parents? Probably both. Mm-hmm. But whatever the solution is, I think that teenagers just lack trustable people to talk to so that they can work through these problems. Yeah, and I think in regards to, like, young children, like five-year-olds, I do think it is a little confusing for them. Um I, I don't think and, like we need to go to like the conservative extreme like oh we need to like protect them from like gay people and all of this stuff like I don't like I, I think it's okay to maybe introduce these concepts to young children but it is confusing for you to be like oh yes you're a little boy but you could be a little girl especially if the child isn't even saying anything like that it's like okay we're going a little too far we don't we we don't even need to say that to them. Because it is confusing. I think a lot of people likely intend to be helpful, right? The teachers, yeah, sure. the you know, the parents or the yeah. tutors or the counselors, whatever. They intend to be helpful, but they have to be very careful that their help doesn't turn into a shove in a particular direction, right? Because it needs, to, like, choice is what freedom is all about, mm-hmm. right? And as a parent, you have say over what your children's choices are until you don't, right? Now, that happens at different ages for different people, right? Some teenagers will never grow up, right? And there's 35-year-olds in their basement right now, right, who kind of never grew up, right? But then there's 12-year-olds who are uber responsible and, like, you know, sore thumb in their class because no one else is like them, right? Um, So it really has to be the choice of the individual and... I caution people making permanent choices when they're young because Mm -hmm. you have to live with that for the rest of your life. I think that it's interesting that somewhere in the late 1800s, we outlawed the castrati. This was these were people who were eunuchs. They were boys who sang well Mm -hmm. and it was decided, well, we'll just cut off their gonads and that way they'll be able to sing this beautiful way. Right. And there's recordings. You can hear like the last castrati. It was an old man as he was singing, but it was really kind of interesting to hear. He had the high hear. voice. Right? Yeah. He had the and high it's, voice. It's the, the, the cliche, right? And where we wouldn't now allow, if, if a young, you know, one of the, the the Mormon choir there, he says, you know what? I want to be part of the, I want to be a castrati. I want to yeah. be a modern day castrati. No way would we let that kind of thing go on. Right. But if he says, hints, maybe. I think I might be a girl. I mean, whap. Society we take them off in a second. Society still allows circumcision. Yeah, I mean, right? is that this not is, also genital mutilation? Technically, that's exactly what it is. Right by we any, any definition. Yeah. Two minutes, and you uh, wanted to do it. <laughs> so here we go. I got strong opinions about this. So <laughs> Circum- circumcision is a medical procedure for a set of. Uh, problems, illnesses that probably is not needed, but I don't think that anybody who chooses to do it, as long as they choose to do it with some kind of foresight, that that's a problem. I don't think you should do circumcision for cosmetic reasons. The same reason I don't think you should do cosmetic work on your kids at all. I don't I'm think, against piercing ears. I don't think circumcision should be allowed until consent. Um, there was a case, I, I will right. just really quickly, I had a client who there was a medical reason they didn't circumcise their child, yep. child became two years old, and then a medical reason developed yep. where it was like legit, the right. kid needed to be circumcised. that should be the exception. Right? Yes. That should be like the extreme I've only heard of that happening case, once. Right, that, that a child is um, 
mutilated in that way, in my opinion. Uh, now, if somebody reaches, you know, uh, some of these religions, they have a, a confirmation or something yeah. like that around 15, 14, 16 years old, somewhere in that pocket. If the religion considers that the age of consent, right, then perhaps that's when that individual is presented, hey, uh, sometimes people in our religion do this thing where, you know, we cut off the foreskin. Really? Uh, and and they, that's what they do. They go, yeah. really? Really? Why would I want to do that? Like, well, it's a tradition of ours, or it started as a you know thing, or we thought it would prevent some diseases no, they, or whatever. So, uh, Jews generally do circumcision at bir- near birth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's within days. Well, yeah, so do Christians, uh, near as I can tell. Well, only Christians in the U.S. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. We apparently have more to talk about regarding this topic <laughs> coming up here on Free Talk Live. Plus, uh, maybe we'll talk more about Alice Cooper and take some of your calls. It's Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160. Eleutheromania. The insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. And we're back. Yes, we are. It is Free Talk Live. The Sunday night edition, the telephone number here in the studio is 603-283-6160 in the studio. It's me, Captain. It's me, Nikki. And me, Mark Edge. Uh, Before we go on with the show, I want to say thank you to Troy Schultz. Troy Schultz is tonight's amplifier. Troy Schultz is a silver level amplifier. That means Troy gives five bucks a month to the amplifier program. What's the Amplifier Program, Mark? The Amplifier Program is a program where you, the listener, can help us to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. It's, it's the AMPS program in this case, and support is what we've added to it. You just go to amp.freetalklive, amps, excuse me, amps.freetalklive.com. I'll bet you amp.freetalklive.com goes to the same place. It probably does. And you can donate between, you know, one and... Twenty-five dollars a month, I believe. I think it's five bucks is the minimum. And I think then, it's five and tw- yeah, tw- five and yes. ten and twenty-five. There's different levels, and you get different perks for whatever the level is. Little benefits to being uh, an amplifier. We're on something like uh, 180 radio stations or so. We could be on 200, 250, 300 radio stations. Not out of the question. If you want to help spread the message of peace, liberty, freedom, and prosperity. You enjoy the hosts, the co-hosts, the topics that we bring, the callers that we have. Please consider supporting Free Talk Live over at amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again to Troy Schultz. We appreciate you. All right. So, circumcising babies. <laughs> yeah. Opened up this can of worms. Um. So uh, during the break, we were discussing this, and I'll just quickly recap. I was reading uh, medical arguments uh, that say that uh, if there was any medical benefit to uh, circumcising children, 
that that benefit has expired thanks to you know modern medicine. So any westernized area that is you know has modern medicine available to it, whether it's in a socialist form or you know somewhat capitalist form, uh, that as long as they have that available to them, the dangers of any medical things arising from a lack of circumcision are irrelevant. Uh, save for some fringe cases here and there, somebody developed something, and maybe it's the best medical idea to go ahead and get it done at that point. So I maintain that uh, taking a knife to a child that is not uh, able to uh, reason, discern, make a choice yeah, uh, date, is is a it, violation of the nap. You skipped a part. What? They tie him down first. Of course. Well, you, they, you don't want him moving. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um. But Mark seems to disagree. Yeah, I disagree. So the nap is? The non-aggression principle. Yeah, it means that you shall not initiate violence, violence. against another human. Um, initiate meaning that violence is acceptable if that human aggresses against you. Self-defense. Right. In self-defense, right, yes. And some people will stipulate it's the non-aggression principle only applies to adults. So, mm-hmm. now... The question, the relationship between child and uh, parent is highly unique. It is. And a parent needs to be able to make a decision. I'd like to point out that there used to be a uh, operation that was matter of course yep. for our age group uh, back when you and I were young. Yep. You may not even have your tonsils. Uh, I still do, actually. Okay. But it was very, very common for them to be removed. I don't know what they are. Yeah. But today... We have decided that we don't need to remove tonsils as a matter of course. A kid gets a sore throat, you don't need to take tonsils out. Now, for whatever reason, I never got my tonsils taken out. I had plenty really? of sore throats as That's a kid. That's interesting that you and I both have our tonsils. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, be- I'll bet you the majority of our contemporaries do not. Nikki, do you have tonsils? I do, yes. Okay. Um, do you, so do you, tonsils were, are- Were kids I, getting their tonsils removed when you were growing up in school and stuff like um, that? Not as common when I was- I think that like just was stopping once I was a kid. Okay. Um, and they're part of the lymphatic system from what I know. Yeah. So there's some th- similar but different to lymph nodes. Um, so when you get sick, you know, your lymph nodes get kind of inflamed because yep. that's what is filtering through, you know, that's your, your body's immune system. Like that's part right. of it. Um, so I think that's where it was. Like if you were getting infections in um, the tonsils to just remove them. Yeah. But so we don't call that throat mutilation. Well, but we're also not performing it on a baby. Well, you're performing it on a young person who doesn't get to make any more of a decision about it. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, does it make a difference if they're six or eight or whatever the age was for tonsils generally to come out? And your parents say, but it's generally explained to the child that this is what's going on, and the child understands. They. They don't have an option. The choice was not on the table. Okay. I'm only, it's not a perfect analogy, Captain. Few analogies are. Sure. Yeah. What the point I'm trying to make is, is that these people were doing the best with what they had at the time. People were making money on tonsil operations. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there's probably a doctor out there. I made millions in tonsils, um, you know, and now we don't do it because we've learned better. Well, I mean, at one point, people were doing bloodletting. You know, like that was a right. very, very common medical practice As a I few hundred years ago. Gar- the president Garfield is dead because of it. Um, you there, know. There's people who still do that, by the way. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah I've heard of this. Yeah. Um, and or the still leeches. People- they'll use the leeches, too. Yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. And so. I'd be willing to bet 
that there are parents out there that are still getting tonsils taken out of their kids. Maybe yeah. one out of a thousand. I'm just guessing a number here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I can stop anybody from doing whatever the heck it is. I'm just saying that it's wrong. I hear you, and I uh, am against, generally, the notion of uh, circumcision. And I, mean, I would go so far as to say it is not a violation of the NAP because a NAP, the, the non-aggression principle, requires that you, I mean, to... To aggress against your child, everybody's doing what they do for the best, for their best reasons, whatever those reasons I are. I mean, like, is child abuse then not a nap violation? Well, it depends on what you consider child abuse. If somebody's getting drunk and beating their kid- I consider taking yes. a knife to a baby's genitals child abuse. <laughs> well, taking a knife to their throat is what? It's also child abuse. Okay. Or- I think- if, like, I mean, I understand that, like, medical technology progresses, medical knowledge progresses, right? I get that, right? But, like, if tonsillitis uh, no longer results in you getting your tonsils removed, then for the same reason that a tonsillectomy is no longer performed, circumcision should also no longer be performed. I would agree with that statement. Um, I think that as a layperson... I am generally against circumcision. I think that it should be uh, it should be it should be an operation that is done after that we are certain that there is a medical need for it. Yeah. However, or I it, understand it could that be done. Hold on, I understand that people's threshold for for a medical need is different than my own, and I am not willing to shun parents who have chosen that threshold. Now, I w- I am willing to go to a point right and pressure parents uh, sort of socially and say, hey, you know, you probably don't need that, right? And it's probably better if you don't. And here's the thing that never gets talked about because America doesn't like to talk about things like this on the radio or on television is the bend. Okay? Uh, you know, the, uh, the the organ, we'll call it the organ, the male organ. <laughs> of it's most, a hard subject to talk about. Of most circumcised men has bend to it because okay. nothing's perfect in this world. And there's a little bit of pressure on one side, a little bit tighter on one side than it is on the other. Right. And you get this bowing Wait, that's going so on. are you trying to say that maybe there was a reason that the foreskin was on there in the first place? I think that the, I mean, I think generally, but why are the tonsils there? Um, you know, like, why is the appendix there? There's, it's certainly what would we call vestigial uh, things in the body. I don't know, and I yeah, we've say. kind of evolved from needing it. Well, the the big reason why um, circumcision became really popular for other reasons that weren't religious oh, was okay. to uh, prevent or discourage masturbation. masturbation. Yep, specifically. Uh, spoil- didn't work. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. Didn't work. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, I think that it became part of American society. So Americans are unique. Europeans who have similar biology to, uh, you know, to similar genetics to yeah. Americans, they don't do this. Now, there's going to be religions out there that are like, well, this is part of our religion and our tradition. Yeah. And, and, and like, I'm like, if you want to make that decision voluntarily, right, when you are able to reason, right, whatever age that occurs at for you or yep. whatever your religion recognizes that, and, and you can look at the information and make a decision for yourself, and you decide, hey, you know what, I'm part of this religion, this is what they do, I'm going to get this done, right? I have no problem with that. That's completely voluntary. You're harming no one except 
possibly yourself, right? And because mm-hmm. it's going to hurt, right? Yeah. Getting a tattoo hurts, right? You yeah. wait until consent for people to get tattoos, right? So why not wait for consent if there's no medical reason for it to be done to every baby that's born in whatever hospital, like on a mass scale, right? Because yeah. that's how it was done, right? If there's no more it's reason, pretty close to that still for it to be done, then why do it? Do you know why parents do it? Do you know the top two reasons why parents circumcise their children? I know children? the first one is they want the son to look like the dad, which is. Super creepy. Down there. I'm sorry. Right? That's so creepy. And the second reason uh, is because they don't want them to be bullied in school. I'm sorry. More likely than not, if you send your kid to public school or even a private school, they're probably going to get bullied for one reason or another. Yep. Um, and it's probably 50-50 at this point because African-Americans yeah. don't do this at the rate that- Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I will tell no, you- No, uh, Latinos. I, uh, I attend a lot of births, a lot of home births. Most of those people don't circumcise their children, but I also support women in the hospital setting as well. So a lot of those people are doing most of the standard medical procedures. They're not really like the crunchy hippie types. They're just kind of doing whatever their doctor yep. says. And I will tell you, a lot more people are not circumcising their sons. I would say like most of the gentlemen my age are probably all circumcised in the United States. No, I don't want to say all, but like a high percentage it's it's very very common more common than not um and i think that is definitely changing just because the the information is out there it was just the thing that you did people didn't really question a lot of things and as um you know like with the internet you know people are seeing stuff on facebook like oh i never thought of it ethically or i I didn't think of it that way whatever they're they're receiving this information and they're starting to make different decisions so captain i i i agree i think that it is not necess- it shouldn't be just a matter of course. You shouldn't just do it. Right. However, I will stop at um, parents. Parents should be able to make this decision for whatever crazy reason they want, whether it's religion or you know like, they, like they're super clean freaks or whatever their thing is. I think parents should be able to do it, and here's why: because in Europe they've outlawed the cropping of ears and the docking of tails on dogs, like the uh, Dobermans and all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of dogs have cropped ears in some manner. The Kanye Corso has very close cropped ears. I was just relating it to something. Yep. And um, one thing I'll say about cropped ears is those dogs almost never get ear infections. Floppy-eared dogs, much more common to get ear infections. I've had both, and the floppy-eared dogs get the, the ear infections. you got to take care so, of that. So your reason is because children are dogs? Um, I think the difference between pets and uh, babies is, is vanishingly small. If you've had a baby, it's not even a good pet. Um, it's it's a lot of work, and you know the difference is it grows into a human. Um, whereas, you know, fortunately, dogs and cats don't. You I mean, just, yeah, they just stay the same way. It sounds messed up, but that's actually a really good analogy. Yeah, I. I mean, it's like, yeah. I don't want to get in people's business. Okay, so when you go out and get a uh, get a brand new puppy. Uh-huh. Right? Do you have the puppy circumcised? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Why know not? If they, they, have don't ha- that. they don't have a foreskin. I don't think they have. <laughs> they got that. something different. But um, <laughs> I do Boots. dock ears, and uh, see, my mother, who is a longtime delegate to the American Kennel Club, is been a Doberman lady my whole life. I've got a dog, or at least he thinks he's my dog. He's owned by different people, and it's a really convoluted situation. Sure. Nonetheless, he's got cropped ears and a dock tail. Now, I didn't make the decision. But he's beautiful, and I love the way he looks. He's a dope. Do you think parents should uh, tattoo their babies? Uh, no, I'm against it. Why? Uh, for the same reasons I'm I'm against uh, tat or for uh, circumcision. But yet you were just giving an argument no, for circumcision. I'm of the opinion that you shouldn't do it. 
However, if you feel you must for some kooky religious reason or uh, because you are some kind of clean freak or whatever, then go right ahead. So but do you feel the same I way don't mess about with people's kids or pets? Do you feel the same way about some family deciding to tattoo their kids? I'm sure they're out there. Look at think about the all the different tribes in the world. Sure. The ones yeah. the religions used to do, or some sort of marking that's cultural. permanent. To, yep. Right. Yeah. And that by the way, they do. Ta- they used to tattoo dogs before they chipped them. Right. I know that uh, um, uh, in one of the schools that I went to, uh, there was uh, a couple of brothers from somewhere in Africa, uh-huh. uh, and they had the tribal markings on their forehead. The, it looked like uh, the scars. The scars. Yeah. It yeah like, like a seal had. Yeah. It was. It was. Some of them, like one guy, had like two stripes. The other guy had like four stripes. Or yeah. It meant something. Yeah. I don't remember what, but like I've seen this, and so it's not uncommon for religions to mark theirs, quote unquote. Yep. Uh, I'd say it's cultural, not religious, but all right. Okay. Although, they, they get wrapped up together. Yeah. Uh, so is tattooing a baby a violation of the non-aggression principle? I don't think so. Why? If you do it for the right reasons. If you do it for reasons so now of we're, we're cultural talking, inclusion. We're talking about intent. Yeah. Intent matters. Um, intent is a part of almost every crime. And... That's the distinction I've come to at some point, is is that removing tonsils, because you have the best of intentions when you do it, it, it may be useless, it may be crazy, but it's fine. Removing a foreskin may be crazy. I wouldn't make that decision, yeah. but I don't think it's a, uh, a violation of non-aggression principle. Okay. I'd like to reserve that for different things. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know... Acts of aggression or child abuse go. I do think it's, I mean, I'm like right there on the cusp. I'm like, eh, it does kind of feel a little bit like mm. aggression or I, I would not go as far to say that is child abuse. I will. Um, and as a care provider who specializes in infants, um, I do, you know, I, I like to give my clients all of the available information. Yeah. Um, I don't encourage it. But I will not shame people for doing it. Um, but I like on social media, I will, I, and I try not to be shameful, but I will share my opinion. I'm pretty um, sure that at least you know in Westernized, you know, countries, that it's totally unnecessary medically. Yeah, I think you should teach your kid to, happen, to bathe properly, right? Yeah, I think so too. And so, if that's the case, then it is child abuse because it's happening. It's most common. Right, it's not like oh, it's only ten percent of the kids. Okay, I, I, no, it's the most common procedure. Right, it is standard operating procedure in most hospitals. Right, to to circumcise. That's what it bothers me the and most. So, that- and so, and like as a uh, an advocate against child abuse, uh, I I have to have this position that here is a human being, albeit you know a tiny one, an undeveloped one, that is incapable of consenting to this procedure. Now, did become a human being if. If That's a fun one too. I mean, if you really want to go there, um, if if the human being is unable to consent and there's no risk, there's no medical emergency yep. to have this procedure done, then it should wait until it's able to reason and consent. What about, like, say, a cleft palate? Then, um, you know, many operations are done to mm. uh, to handle cleft palates. They, it, you know, they're going to be fine. They'll be able to consume food. But it's not done to babies just because. Um, it's done to babies because a cleft palate is consi- largely considered ugly. It's cosmetic. Sure. 
And like that's the thing. But, is, it's, is but it's not something done to every like you have to have this condition. Every first. cleft palate, baby. Right, but you have to have this <laughs> you condition first. You have to have a foreskin first. to start. It's not done to the girls. They don't have them. But that is not a condition, right? That is your natural state. That's how you you know came out of your mom's vagina, right? You came out in that state. That is how nature made you, right? Uh, it is not a medical condition, at least any longer. It was believed to be, but no longer is it. And that's why I, I advocate for no longer doing it. My concern is is that circumcision is going to become, could become a class thing. Mm-hmm. Is this that it yeah. will? It has already disappeared out of the um, you know the uh, the lowest class, the uh, lower working class, and it's going out of middle class at this point too. And that it may just end up being. So you think that there's a reduction in circumcisions in modern days? Oh, absolutely. Good. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it may be end up being a brand of what class you think you are or aspire to be. Let's uh, let's give this guy a couple of minutes. Squidward, you're on Free Talk Live. It's your boy, a libertarian trapped in a rational man's body. Sir Skeeterlot. Some people would hey, beg to uh, differ. Did you say you're a libertarian stuck in a, a rational man's body? Is that what you said? Trapped in a rational man's body. Interesting. You, you get the joke? I know. They're, they're opposites. Okay. Anyway, hey, can a parent consent to citizenship for their newborn baby? Ooh, that's it's, a good uh, question. We're on that topic. Yeah. And, I... and when, do, when do parents stop making decisions for children? Napdards. I think that... The, so I actually have solutions for this problem is is that um, parents don't make a decision as far as citizenship goes other than where they have kids and things like that. So it's the government that chooses to make those decisions as far as citizenship. And I do think so that what? there's a problem with birthright citizenship. But let me go on to when parents stop making decisions. They stop making decisions when a child starts taking care of themselves. Now, that could be, as Captain pointed out, at 12 and it could be at 35. But when somebody says, hey, you know, I'm going to stop taking you up on this free room and board that you've got, and I'm going to go um, take care of myself because I think your rules suck, then... Yeah, but you... Go ahead. And you're not an ANCAP, right? I don't know what... The, I, I wouldn't have taken that term at my most voluntarist. And Ian doesn't take that term either. You take voluntarist, though? I like voluntary interactions, yeah. <laughs> but I understand that this particular primate isn't always going to make them. Yeah. Uh, Mark can sometimes be that? a minarchist, I mean, too, from time to time. Yeah, he, sound, he sounds kind of like that. I'm just practical. What happens if... Uh, can, is the parent the only one that can make a decision for the kid? Like, what if the kid and the parent consent to both uh, child prostitution? Yeah, isn't that rough? Um, I can see why it is an ugly thing, but it's been done throughout human history. You know, the, the, the country song Fancy, if you get a chance to listen to it, is basically about, um, you know, consensual prostitution. And it is it's very interesting. Um, I'd like to hear the, the naptards answer some of these questions, too. Okay. Um, well, my we answer- don't have any of those here, so you won't get any answers from any of those. <laughs> my okay, answer to crap. the question is that, um, you know, frankly, yes, they can make those decisions with, but the fact is, is the government's going to step in. I don't get all bent out of shape over fringe cases. Right. Um, you know, if the government decides to go into the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints compounds tomorrow, you may hear me talk about it. And I may say, well, look, you got to let people live the way they want, because if you don't let people live the way they want, they won't let you live the way you want. Right. Yeah. Like, where does it end? And 
Um, but, you know, I probably won't lose any sleep the night after next, if that's what we're talking about. I, I rarely so, lose sleep. So uh, what, uh, like what if the state were to change and impose a rule where uh, you had to ch- where the baby has to, uh, where only citizens can reside in the U.S.? Or how about state mandated circumcision? What if the what if the federal government just that. said just said every baby born in the United States must be circumcised? I'm I'm more considered concerned with citizenship because uh, it's it has more to do. Well, with either way, it's imposed. Consent. It's not voluntary. All right, go ahead. So, what's the uh, question? Yeah, I, I forgot already. <laughs> All right, important. hey, thanks for the call, Skeeter. We appreciate thanks, it. Skeeter. Uh, Why does every every time he calls in, he like makes his voice like an octave deeper? And he's trying to do this like whisper thing. Yeah, he like too. wants to sound like Batman or something, like, but I'm it's not Batman. really working. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Skeeterman. <laughs> <laughs> I am grateful for anybody who calls in and challenges my positions because it I, helps me to come to a new, better position each time. I am Emmett Smith. What's that mean? <laughs> That's an old football commercial. Oh, uh, where like uh, it was like some sort of like anti-fraud measures on your Visa card or something. I don't know. They had the football player Emmett Smith, but then other people would be going around during the commercial going, "I'm Emmett Smith." No, I'm Emmett Smith. Yeah, Everybody I, I did Emmett. see that yeah. actually. Well, call me Ishmael. No. Okay. <laughs> your name's Mark. <laughs> it's a reference to Moby Dick. Oh, there you go. Why would I call you Ishmael? Because that was his name, the, uh, the, the uh, fictional character. Did I ruin a joke or on something? On the, uh, the whaler, like, yeah, uh, Pequot. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm I'm not too quick on Sundays. If you're going to just make uh, bizarre uh, cultural references, me too, but buddy. you know, But you know there's always like that one per like Captain says something like that. And there's like those like few people that are listening well, that are like, ah, oh, like I get it. <laughs> he there's it. there's yeah. an oh, age yeah. group, and I just figured Mark was in that age group that he'd remember that. Commercial. I did. Now that after you explained the whole commercial to it's me, it's not remember. funny if I have to explain it. Well, I've had memory issues from COVID. the The Federal Bureau of Investigations gave me COVID, and I, and I forgot huge... about that when I told the joke. So <laughs> the the irony is double. Well, the The joke is funny whether I get it or not. <laughs> Or not funny. Uh, Live radio, man. You're going to have some stinkers. You're going to have some good ones. You just got to do what you got to do. 603-283-6160. More of your calls to come still on this edition of Free Talk Live. Uh, I I think we've talked about Alice Cooper already. We've got more in store, uh, including a yoga class mistaken for a mass killing. (laughs) It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. If you'd like to join us, we've got some calls on hold. We'll get to those in just a moment. Uh, I want to remind everybody uh, that we were asking for you to write letters to Ian Freeman's judge, the founder of this program, uh, to help curry a light sentence from the judge by highlighting all of the positive things uh, and effects that, that Ian 
has had on the community at large, meaning, you know, listeners, anybody who's participated in the Free State Project, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the time for writing the letters is, you know, as we know, we had a, a partial sentencing hearing that's got, for lack of better terms, continued. And so we're looking at October 2nd, I believe, is the date. If yep, I serves. believe so, Monday. So uh, we are asking folks to show up. We know that media will be there. We know that uh, there are two documentaries currently in production. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will attend. Uh, WMUR was there. NBC Boston was yeah. there. We expect those folks to return. Uh, a big turnout for this thing will help show mm-hmm. folks that the freedom-oriented community has support. We are not just, you know, a renegade, uh, ragtag yeah. bunch of folks talking into microphones. Right? That uh, there are real people here that care about freedom. That care that uh, Ian Freeman is being railroaded. Uh, for engaging in a technology that has yet to be legislated upon, right? They're they're shoehorning this new technology into uh, what I call old tech rules, uh, and it's totally wrong, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, if you can mark your calendars for that date, uh, once we get you know more firm on it, we'll let you know like a time and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It'll be at yeah. the same place in yep, Concord, fifty-five Pleasant Street in Concord. Nikki's got it memorized now. Yeah, she's been there so often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> you know, I w- wouldn't use myself as an example, but um I am coming to see Ian uh Ian sentencing. I hope that uh you know, I just I thought about what it would be like if I didn't come. Ian didn't ask me to come. Um I thought about it what it would be like if I didn't come and what it would be like if I did. I'm sure Ian and- didn't ask anybody. Yeah. I asked I a am. bunch of people. Yeah, I, I I went on the radio and was like, "Look, this is it, right? Yeah, come down. Be to there. This. Be square. Yeah, be like you know, uh, you know. I Ian will never cash in that favor. I, however, will ask you to cash it in. Right? Yeah. Not you, but like the listeners and those people who are here as a result of Free well, Talk Live and and all of that kind of thing. And who you came. know what? People considering themselves activists. Yes. I think yeah, you should be there. Absolutely. Uh, Ian Freeman is probably one of the most prolific activists New Hampshire has ever seen. Well, um, certainly in the top five, I can't think of anyone more prolific, but you know, I also am not from here. Yep. I just decided that it was worth it to my, for my time and energy. I wanted to know, I wanted to be there. Well, I don't know that being there is particularly useful, but I think it, it's got to put some pressure on somebody. I think it looks good to have. Large yeah. support. Yeah, I, I, think I think it. So. I think it. Looks- I think it's hilarious that they claim that uh, the Shire Free Church isn't a religion, <laughs> and then we've got all these people showing up and exhibiting I don't know cult like behavior, right? Like, it, <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying it's very much a religion. What is Shire Free Church's? Uh, you know. Oh yes, belief yes. system. I, 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 well, and like. Government is also a religion. So now you've got one religion telling another religion it's yeah, not real. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have Can some... I uh, piggyback off of that really yeah, quick? Sure. I just wanted to say something. Um, Aria has been sentenced mm-hmm. 18 months. Yeah. Um, and she would really appreciate it if people send her letters. That is something that like really makes her day when she receives a letter. Where can Especially, folks find that information? Um, so on ariademezzo.com, there's all of the information you need. There's like the address, how to, you know, address the letter and whatnot um, to be able to send her mail. 
Um, you can also, there's some information on how to send her money to put it in her commissary. It's really confusing to do, but if you take some time to figure it out, she would really appreciate that as well. Those things are incredibly helpful. And receiving mail, especially from people that, like, not, like, people like me who's, you know, sending her mail all the time, whatever, like a random person or a listener or whatever, even if she has no clue who you are, that would nice absolutely make her day. And she's in, she's in federal prison right now. Yep. and. She it, it is all about the little things. Like she doesn't have uh, a lot of whatever. She's in a in a bad situation right, right. now, and right. it is really the little things that are keeping her spirits up. And it would absolutely mean the world to her. So I just wanted. What to What else say can that. you send? Because it used to be you could send you, stamps, you could send pictures, like photographs. Um, I don't know. There, I would go to the BOP website for the specific um, the FMC. Yep, the BOP. Um, for the specific FMC Devons, Massachusetts location, um, it, it will have a little bit better details on that, but I know you can print out like photos. So if you have a picture with Aria, mm-hmm. that might be a really sweet thing to print out on your computer and you can send that. I think you can send up to 25 images at a time. Uh, if you, if you're local and you happen to like see her dog or something, snap a picture, print that out, send it to her. Like just little things like that. Um, it would really, or mean just any golden retriever. I mean, they look so similar. Yeah. She wouldn't even know the difference. <laughs> Aria's dog just was kidding. at Ian's hearing though. I know she's such a good girl. She's she so is. Awesome. She's yeah. the best. She's such oh a gosh. beautiful dog. Dog too. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say another thing to send if you're going to send uh, letters is, is I like to photocopy word puzzles, uh, just puzzles, mm-hmm. any sort of puzzles. Right, um, yeah. So Sudoku, uh, whatever it is right. your preference. Something to keep I, the mind occupied for a period of time. Yep. Yeah. I like the logic puzzles. You know, if this, then that. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of those, and uh, you know, I mean, nobody else likes them, but I bet you Aria does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, she told me today when I went to visit her that somebody had sent her like a, a piece of wrapper from something they were eating. It was just something completely ridiculous, and then in the letter he wrote just. Something completely random, but she received it and it still like put it. She was like, it was kind of like dumb, but it was, it was just yeah. funny. It yeah. was yeah. amusing and it put a smile on her face. So literally anything you send her, she will be absolutely grateful for. Yep. I memorized all of the uh, fat content of all the stuff that was available in the inmate canteen. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like there's not very much to do. But. Let's go to uh, some of your calls and thoughts. Let's start with uh, Robert in South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. I, I asked my parents about circumcision and they said that the reason why they thought it was a good idea is because they were afraid that a, an infection could develop between the head of my penis and the, the force uh, the underside of my foreskin. And they figured that, that, that they believed that would be safer. The other thing is that my father's side of the family was Jewish. My mom's side of the family was Christian. And they both believed that the Jewish laws for, for that related to that were actually developed because over many centuries, I mean, actually over millennia, yeah, millennia. The, the 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 Jewish people developed those 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 rules and regulations, and after having observed other people for very long periods of time, that's how they came up with the kosher. Would you well. uh, support taking a scalpel to uh, a newborn and uh, cutting off their left arm because the belief of your religion was that left-handed people are the devil's work? 
No, because my fa- stepfather was left-handed and he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. A lot, in fact, a lot of people believe that people who are extreme, who are dextre- ambidextrous, brilliant, and also uh, are very have very good use of their hands. And, and my stepfather did surgery and that kind of thing. It, quite the opposite. They think that people who are left-handed are actually maybe even a little bit better. But no, I certainly wouldn't. Okay. That's all I got. I mean, uh, again, people have their own feelings, and I think we have to let uh, – I mean, as libertarians, I think we have to let humankind go the way that it wants to go, whatever that means. And we're going to take a lot of blind turns. Yeah. Hey, Robert, thanks for the call, man. Uh, moving right along, let's go to Bata. It's Major Payne calling from Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening. Yeah, Captain, after spending an hour talking about penises, you certainly should have seen a Moby Dick joke coming. <laughs> that is a, that is a, Yes. Uh, although, to good, my yeah. credit, to my credit, I did admit being a little slow on Sundays. Well, you've obviously never uh, read the book, but I can, uh, if you watch the movie In the Heart of the Sea, it condenses the whole thing, plus the writing of it, down to just a couple hours. It's a good movie, real good movie. All right. What were you calling about tonight? Well, I feel like that movie, uh, you know, has you like it. It does a great job of ma- of making you feel like, yeah, you know, you're rooting for the whale at certain points, and I love that part of it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to ch- chime in with that. That's what we do. No, he, he, Mark, you're right. I mean, it's entertaining through and through, and it takes you through all pretty much aspects of emotion you can uh, think about. But, um, you, Mark, you mentioned earlier how Ian would say something like, oh, yeah, burn the cop cars, yeah, 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 and you'd object to him. Well, this came across my radar probably three, four weeks ago, and I just kept forgetting to call in and tell you about it. Up in, uh, I think it was Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, up in the UP. Might have been Ishpeming or one of the other little birds. But anyway, some guy, and he was from Florida, no less, mm-hmm lit five state police cars on fire. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, they caught him because, you know, a state trooper parking lot's going to have video surveillance up the yin-yang. His, his but name... I think where he made his mistake is then he decided to shoot all the damn cars. Was, was alcohol involved? Major, was there alcohol involved? Uh, probably so, and probably some kind of screwing by that particular post, too, I would imagine. It reminds me of the Cool Hand Luke uh, <laughs> movie. Um, by the way, out of Florida, uh-huh. what we have here is a failure to, to communicate. communicate. Right, yes. Approximately when was this? Do, do you remember, Major? Approximate? What's that? When, when this five? Oh, I, I, it, it was probably about uh, a month ago it came to light. So it was before Mark visited New Hampshire. (laughs) (laughs) It could be me. Just a quick in out there in Michigan. I'm not. I didn't say that. (laughs) I'm just pointing out evidence. The the other one. Have you guys heard about this uh, kid that was murdered by the police down south like 11 years ago? Which one? Been festering like a pimple ever since. There's so many of these. uh, it's come to light as the guy's name is uh, what Billy Joe Johnson. Yep. And yeah, I remember can't that. remember if it's Alabama, Mississippi, or Georgia that this transpired in. Is it Louisiana? Maybe ended up beating him, you know, real bad. Yeah. Blowing his head off with a shotgun. Wow. Claiming it was suicide because he had his own shotgun in the truck. He'd been out hunting earlier that day. 
But it is, his crime in life was that he liked to date white women, and that was not acceptable. Mm-hmm. So there's like five white cops going down for this, and then five black cops going down for it, too, just because they stood back and watched and didn't do anything about it. Right. But it always makes me smile when uh, they finally get some of their own damn comeuppance. I feel bad when anybody gets um, 10 years. If you're saying 10 years, that may not be the I don't know what the length of time is, but I always wonder about going after people who, you know, it's years and years ago. There was a there was a bomber of a black church uh, down in the south. They got there was uh, Carl Demyanyak, who was like the butcher of Dachau or something like that. I remember and, that name vaguely. Yeah, they they grabbed a few, they, they grabbed these people who have lived lives since whatever the crime was that occurred and usually it's pretty heinous and then and they've turned into somebody different now you know they're not Mm -hmm. the same person that they were and then going after them it just feels very much like trying to feed the crowd yeah kill him you know and it it just doesn't make much sense to me personally i don't like the i don't like the old crimes when they um, get back i'd like to know about somebody who did something recently that recently happened with um danny something i forget what his last name is but he was one of the actors in the tv show that 70 show and he was just prosecuted recently for for a rape that happened like allegedly uh, happened 20 25 years ago or or some something like that yeah so, yeah, I've, I've heard about that. Which one of the characters was he? Hyde. Hyde? Yeah, he was the, yeah, Hyde, Hyde right, with the yeah. curly hair. Yeah. That is who I thought it was. I yep. just had that picture in my head as soon as I heard it, but I didn't didn't know his name. Yep. Yeah, he's the brother of the guy who played Doogie Hauser. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Uh, you can, I mean, if you look at him side by side, you, you get it. 30 years to life on September the 7th for his forcibly raping two women... Oh, it must be at different times. Um, uh, after being found guilty in a uh, retrial earlier this year. So there you go. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy. And obviously, like, I don't want to condone rape, but no, it just seems like I it just seems like that should have happened. I mean, OK, so now if, if you really think about it, if this guy's dangerous out here raping people. <laughs> Uh, so, Took him 20 years to figure it so, out or whatever. So he's all yeah. out on the loose for 20 years. I mean, at this point, yeah, kind of like what is the point of prosecuting him? And it's like, I'm sure he's grown up a lot since he was 20 years well, old or whatever. Let's just Again, say, not to excuse it, but it right. just doesn't make sense let's to me. Let's just say that uh, for the sake of argument, I'm not saying that this is the case because it likely isn't from what I know about government. Let's just say they got it right and the dude's guilty. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's just say that mm-hmm. for the moment. Well, first of all, this notion of swift justice. <laughs> yeah, what a joke. <laughs> wow. out, out the door, right? Also, uh, you just said it was a retrial. So, like, something went wrong with the system in the first place that they didn't get it right. They had to go at it again. Can you do that right? after and 25 like, years? I thought there was, a, like, a limit. Y- you know, whenever you think that there's something the government can't do, they go they ahead and anyways, they do it. Yeah. And they figure out some way, some weasel way to like, oh well, it's because of this and that and the other thing that we can do. That like that doesn't pertain to this. Well, particular because case uh, or we whatever. make up all these rules and we do literally whatever I, we want, and that's, you can't stop us. That's the translation. Yeah, yeah. His first yeah, rape well, trial, which began in October 2022, was declared a mistrial um, that November after its jury was unable to reach a final verdict on the three counts after seven attempts and a week long break for Thanksgiving. 
Hmm. So this was one trial for two victims? Three. Three, three victims. Yeah. Wow. Now, I don't know if he got, it doesn't look like it was three trials. It looks like it was One two. trial yeah. for where he was convicted on two counts. That's what it seemed like I read. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So so there were three alleged victims in the trial. He was found guilty, guilty, not guilty? I guess. Hmm. Interesting. It, it's all, I mean, I don't want to retry. Like, I don't know, I don't yeah. know what they saw and why they saw it, yeah, but yeah. I will go, once again go on record every opportunity I get. Juries suck. Yeah. Okay. Like there is no, there's absolutely nothing else in this world where you would take 12 ignoramuses and ask them whether or not what they think about a particular thing. I'm not going to ask 12 people who don't know how to fix a car to fix a car. You know what I want? I want a jury of judges. Maybe it's three, maybe it's five, whatever the number is. But in most countries, they have three judges sitting there. They're going to examine the law and they're going to say, you know, whatever this is, it looks like we've reached a conclusion that beyond a reasonable doubt. And a judge knows what a reasonable doubt is. A juror doesn't have a clue. Yeah. So um, I'm not standing up for Masterson. I don't know what happened here. Again, I do think he's probably a different person if the charges they had to bring up were between 2001 and 2003. I've already stated I don't like old convictions, but I don't like juries either. Yeah, I I just feel like if there was supposed to be a a new trial, like it should have happened immediately. You know what I mean? Well, the new trial happened immediately. It's just that they didn't bring him up until 2022. Major? Well, all of these uh, sex offender scams, I think, need a whole lot more investigation than they get because I remember many years, all you had to do pretty much was piss off your old girlfriend and she'd go make some statement about you diddling her kid and uh, your life is ruined. That still happens. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I know it still happens. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's really no basis behind these convictions. Yeah. Uh, Even worse, uh, there have been laws that have been put into place. Uh, Washington State is one of them, uh, where if you merely cohabitate with a woman and she has children from another man and you're there for, I don't remember what the time is, six months, a year, something like that. Uh, some some weird version of common law kicks in. It's your baby now. And what? if you leave the household, you move out, you break up, oh, she can sue you for child support. Literally doesn't even make sense. You're not the dad. You did not give birth. Uh, they have a father. Uh, and she's receiving child support from the original, the, the father. Uh, but yet, if you cohabitate with her and then move out, she can sue you. For additional child support. They're just uh, trying to make single moms even more desirable. Uh, that well, no certainly does no... The other thing they're doing is the state gets like 65% of that. The mother only gets like 35 So they're just, they just want to figure out a way to mm. put more fat in the coffers. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I don't know what the percentages are, you know, any anywhere really on, on child support. I've never paid child support. I have no children that Well, as I understand, the state will write a check. Um, and then you're sort of making up for it and right, they, things like that. They got it. They're the collection agency. They're trying to collect it from you at that point. Yeah, absolutely. At one point, me and my ex-wife were separated. I had the children under my roof, my full support, and I was paying child support to her mother who had nothing to do with their scenario at the time. Yep, I've heard so of that happening before, too. Mm-hmm. The damn government. Yeah. Hey, Major, thanks for the call. It's government here. Have some. <laughs> no thanks. That's uh, 
That's a phrase I used to use all the time online. You know, there's be some story about, can't believe that the government would do that. You know, actually, I believe it. Hear yeah. it all the time. Talk about it all the time on this show. It's government here. Have some. Uh, it's just, you know, they're here to protect and serve the crap out of you. When uh, people have responsibility mo- removed, and that's what government is, is, yes. is mm-hmm. a lack of responsibility. It is. It's the absolution of responsibility. Not necessarily absolution, because sometimes, you know, I, I remember a story where that's a cop people look at it. was uh, mowing his lawn in his underpants. And, uh, you know, police departments cannot handle sexual allegations. And the same as, same as the that 70s show, <laughs> apparently can't handle them. Um Whereas you can do anything else you want as a police officer, but you just can't do anything that is vaguely sexual. Right. So this guy mowing his uh, lawn in his underpants lost the case. <laughs> because it was vaguely sexual. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I'm really not. Fired. Yeah. It, it, none of this stuff surprises me. Like, I want to be outraged. I want to be, like, full on, like, holy crap, you guys, look at what the hell is happening in the world. And, like, it's just so common now, all of this uh, wrongness, all of this mistreatment of people, uh, all of these people being too lazy to do things themselves. Oh, you think that uh, the Ukraine war is justified? How come you're not over there fighting it? How come you didn't strap on boots and, you know, buy your airfare over there and, you know, put on some, uh, some fatigues? And how come you're not fighting that yourself? How come you're not over there? Take some responsibility. I say the same thing to politicians. Oh, you want to bomb a foreign country? Well, why don't you go over there and fight them first? That's what I think they should do instead of war. They should just have, you know, like uh, Putin and the Zelensky, the other guy, like just have them like do a like a cage match. fight. Yeah. yeah. Put them in the octagon. WWE style. Yeah. I think they could totally, this is a great way to handle violent conflict because, yeah. um, you know, I mean, really, what's the president? What's Biden doing day to day in and day out? I don't know, but I suspect that a professional wrestler would do a better job. He's he's <laughs> he's probably better at drooling. <laughs> so, you know, why not give them long knives and see if they can handle it? 603-283-6160. Final segment of the Sunday Night Free Talk Live still to come. segments of tonight's episode of free talk live in the studio tonight it's myself the captain it's nikki and mark uh let's just go ahead and go to sarah in new mexico calling sarah you're on free talk live oh i just want to say that new mexico we lost our number one um ranking this year we dropped to the second place of what as Pedestrian fatalities per capita. Oh, who beat you out? I think it was uh, Memphis, Tennessee, or something. Oh, well, it had to be a state, right? Or is well, it? I, or is it by a, metro, a, like Albuquerque? I think it goes by state. All right, so. But I, yeah. So I what? New, New Mexico is now number two in pedestrian deaths. 
Yeah, per capita. Are you going to take yeah. this as a victory? I mean, like your your tireless activism for pedestrians has managed to drag <laughs> New Mexico out of the number one spot. Sarah, I I for one How long believe that you are a heroine. Twenty two years. Twenty two years of pedestrian. I mean, that's a long time. I yeah, I know it's like not getting abducted by an alien. I've managed not to get hit by a car at all. Um, <laughs> well, I hear but, both uh, of those things can happen in New Mexico. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, I, I really, um, I do take a credit that I, I'm, I'm making fun that we lost our title. But you know, I, uh, um, one of the good things about what happened was that we changed our road um, structure. So there was a lot of two car lanes going one way, two car mm-hmm. lanes with a yellow paint. So we narrowed many of the streets into two car lanes and bicycle lane and wide and sidewalks. We've done that a lot. You and you were out there that, like shoveling and laying down the asphalt. When you say we, you were helping. You were pitching in. No, I've always I've always called three one one city directory, and I've always asked for these roads, and I am still asking this uh, for this road. I have a road like maybe two miles away, Candelaria, and it's two car lane goings one way. No bicycle lane, and the sidewalk is like four feet with a yellow paint line. I mean, wow, I mean, that you sounds horrible. Your life. Oh, it is. It was made only for cars. It was just only thing that I ever thought about was car flowing. A road well, only made for cars. Who I did would do such it, a thing? I did look it up, and the National Transportation Safety Administration uh, here, the NTSA, uh, is still got Mexico as number one. But this is important. New Mexico? Excuse me, New Mexico, number one, as uh, per capita, the, the population by 100,000 is their number one, but only barely above South Carolina. Mm. But South Carolina has had a lot more deaths, and of course, California significantly more than that. It's it's by per um, capita, yeah, right. per capita. Um, so you know, hmm, interesting. So I thought I thought we dropped to the regular. Are we still number one? I thought it was Memphis, Tennessee. Currently, what I'm seeing, um, the this is probably data from last year. Yeah, something. this is data from 2020. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know when they update their website or anything like that, but uh, from 2020, New Mexico, um, where it has been, I've probably been looking at 2020 uh, numbers for a couple of years now. Yeah, it's still number one. Well, Sarah, congratulations yeah, on your hard-earned victory. Yep. We appreciate the call. Only Sarah could do it. Well done. Um, so I want to talk about this story from RT.com uh, because Nikki has some expertise in this area. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know how this is possible. You, We were talking a little bit about this off-air, and you said yeah. some words that made me go, oh, maybe it oh, is yeah, possible. Oh, yeah, I knew immediately. But... Uh, yoga class mistaken for a ritual mass killing. <laughs> That's how you, you know, it's kind of a, maybe a little bit of a red flag that I, you like read the title to me and I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally see how that would happen. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I, I read that and I'm like, I don't even understand this. Like I'm imagining some guy who is, you know, walked into, I don't know, pick up his wife from yoga class or something. Right. And like he sees this horrific thing, this horrific scene and he runs out or he calls 911 or he runs down to the police station and is like, I don't know what happened, but all these people in yoga pants are dead. I don't think it's a guy. Okay. All right. I, I just feel like to that level of worry is difficult for a man to generate. 
Well, uh, police discovered that yogis practicing a corpse pose were not, in fact, dead. You that's guessed that, didn't you? Yeah, that's exactly what I <laughs> you said. You did before on the what? show. You said it. What is, uh, well, let, let's get into the article first, and then I'll, I'll ask questions. Okay. A yoga class in the English county of Lincolnshire was briefly thought to be the scene of a grisly ritual mass murder. They put it in italics. When members of the community alerted the police after mistaking a group of meditating yogis as being victims of a killing spree. So, so first of all, members of the community, more than one person, they're insinuating here. Five police cars arrived at the North Sea Observatory in Skegness on Wednesday evening. That'll kill a vibe. After dog walkers raised the alarm to a group of seven people lying prone on the ground in a dimly lit room with an eighth person walking around their apparently lifeless bodies. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to you got to jump from from that to oh my god there's been a mass murder. Well, what if you just called it in and you're like I have no idea what's going on here, but this is what I saw. I saw Seven people lying on the floor, what appeared to be lifeless, they are in the corpse boat, and one person walking around amongst them. You can draw your own conclusions, police department, and then, of course, they would. I Like, maybe I have been conditioned to think of this type of a, of a gathering where people are, are doing yoga. Like, normally people are in the requisite yoga attire. Yeah. Normally they're, you know, maybe they got their hair up or they're in, you know, they're wearing a sweatband. A lot of these yoga people, they bring their own mats. Yeah. So right? they're so on a mat. they're like on right? a yeah. mat. And like these are like key indicators, anachronisms yeah. or, or that type of a thing where like, you, you know, you judge the environment by the indicators around it. These are things yeah. that would lead me to believe that there is no mass murder occurring here. You'd think. So, um, I, maybe... But I don't know that that's if what the, the mass scene murder occurred yet. at a yoga uh, event. Then what do you do? As a as a Quaker, I have experienced a few things where it's people are left kind of they don't know what to do. Okay. So for instance, try to imagine if we're in um, you know a nursing home in one of their spare rooms, and one of the staff comes in to a Quaker meeting. It's unlike any other religious event where there's a guy standing up front telling you what you should think about God. Right. 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 It's just say, six or eight people in chairs, vaguely in a circle, mm. not speaking. Many times their eyes are closed. You don't know what's going on. Right. And people kind of, you know, putter around for a second and then they leave the room and, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying that it's exactly the same. I'm just saying many times people don't, they're, they're inexperienced in this and it's um, okay. But I guess the, uh, what I... I don't know that someone would jump to this is a yoga class. It's, it's, they yeah. should jump to this is a meditative experience and, um, you know, you should leave these people alone. But, you know, I guess they didn't. Shavasana? Am I saying uh, that Shavasana, right? yeah. Shavasana. Shavasana. What, what is Shavasana? A corpse pose. It's the um, Sanskrit translation of corpse pose. Right, it's yeah. what, what impractical, ter- like, it, how do you know if somebody's doing the corpse pose properly? What in what? You know, so, what does um, that look like? Describe it. Essentially, you're lying down supine on a mat or Which on the is floor. that? A face up or face down? Face up. Okay. Um, and typically, your arms are laying down by your sides, by like right beside your body, with the palms slipped facing up. Um, you know, and you're and you're like supposed to be very relaxed, right? So eyes closed. Eyes, eyes closed. 
um, you know, your your hips are rolling out, so your feet are kind of rolling out to the side. So we, we call it the corpse pose because if you happened to be dead, you might look like that. Right. Yep. Um, but as you already pointed out, like there would be indicators. You'd probably these people are probably on mats. Um, you know, they're probably wearing like some form of workout attire. Yep. I, I will also say though, when we do the ending Shavasana meditation, um, it's typically like and like around five minutes. Yeah. So it's not like you're only laying down there for like 30 seconds. I mean, sometimes it's like five to possibly 10 minutes. Yeah. So if, if they're laying like that for a long time, it might be like, oh, they've been laying down for a long time. Like, But these are dog walkers. They're on their way past. Um, yeah. They, they got a, a moment in time. Uh, I think yeah. that, so for one, this pose is great for spinal alignment. Yep. And it's great to everybody. Everybody needs a little time during the day to just sort of get mindful and rest. Okay. And so I like it for that little meditation. Uh, quote: They reported to the police they'd seen somebody walking around in a room lit up with candles and what looked like dead people. <laughs> yeah, and and what looked like dead people lying all over the floor. Yoga teacher Millie Laws told the Washington Post the couple thought it was some sort of ritual mass killing. Lincolnshire police later confirmed that an emergency call had been made at 8.56 p.m. with good intentions, the police added. Officers attended were happy to report that everyone was safe and well. The Seascape Cafe, which was hosting the yoga class at the North Sea Observatory, posted to social media on Thursday to thank the police for their prompt response to the scene. Dear general public, the statement said, please be mindful that the observatory has lots of yoga classes happening in the evenings. We are not part of any mad cult or crazy clubs. Well, except the one that subscribes to the statist police. I'm just saying, where do I sign up for the mad cults? <laughs> well, you, you got to start one, right? Like, you, don't, <laughs> That's the problem. you don't just sign up for one I'm anymore. just not motivating in that way. Uh, speaking to the Washington, if you're going to start a cult, you need to attract a bunch of young women. I'm gonna, it's only going to be a bunch of fat white guys. The college is just down the road, and school's in, bro. They're, they're so. not interested. Right. <laughs> Ask them. <laughs> hey, I got this guy. He's starting a cult. They, not interested. They probably just look at you vaguely and be like, I "They're don't like, oh, we we read this book. No thanks." Like, My dad likes that band. Screw off, right? <laughs> the cult. Speaking to the Washington Post in comments published on Friday, Laws, the person, says that she couldn't help but laugh at the idea that she had been briefly suspected of being responsible for what would have been one of the worst massacres in recent UK history. It's hilarious the 22-year-old, who only moved to town three months ago, reacted. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> On the flip side. <laughs> you moved to crazy town. Right, yeah. On the flip side, people uh, these people were managing to enter such a deep state of relaxation that... Although it's awful to compare it to death, they look so relaxed and comfortable. I mean, you can say the medication worked, though it's definitely ironic they were in corpse pose, she yeah. said. That's, uh, I'd say she's successful here, and she's taking it with the right attitude. Uh, any, I, I, she shouldn't have any bad attitude uh, about this. You know, the, the, town's, town's, the town's the mad cult. She's just a firewoman. Well, I, in this case, I think it's the... Uh, the observers, the dog walkers, uh, they claim it's a couple, so I don't know if they're male couple, female, both, whatever, whatever. Uh, I assume it's two people. Well, the, the cops didn't couple. know that there were uh, yoga classes going on at this place? Maybe not, you know. I mean, we know that, you know, cops aren't uh, proactive, they're reactive, right? Yeah. So they're getting a call from a concerned citizen, right? Like, we saw dead people. 
Yeah. And then they're like, oh. all right, Jimmy, Bill, go check it out. Right. Whoever got in trouble that day or that week, who was low on the, the chief's totem pole that week, uh, gets assigned the duty to go check out the mass murder. Or like one of the detectives like steps up, I'll go look into this because this sounds like, oh my gosh, if this is true. Right. They're yoga they're, pants. Uh, they're, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're, they're trying to, uh, Mm, with climb the ladder, right, within yeah, sure. the police department, right? No, I definitely want this case, right? And so they'll go after it. Uh, but, like, casual observation should have tipped you off, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Right? I think this was just a case of somebody not really being well-versed in other cultures and other practices, and they just probably could not fathom why anyone would ever lay on the ground. And, like, I realize that if you believe that you've come upon a scene of something grisly and, yeah. and, and that you're probably not going to, like, poke your head and go, Yeah, is everything okay in here? Hey, what's going on here, guys? You know, what are you doing? You know, but, like, that could have happened as well. Right, there were two of them. One could have gone, yeah. you know, to, to call, and the other one could have been like, Hey, I'm going to go, you know, I don't know. You never know. I, I, I my, my first clue wouldn't be to call the cops, but I think in this instance, it's probably going to be largely benign to have done so. Um, I, you know, I don't think I would be in the same instance as these women. But then again, if there had been a mass killing, the largest in recent history in uh, in Great Britain, like, and they, they just like walked seven by people or something. Yeah. The, well, that's that's a lot for Great Britain. Well, no, I mean... And they saw no blood, by the way. It's a lot for Britain, but not for Great Britain. <laughs> You'd have to be a much larger number to be a lot for Great Britain. My have to be a great number. Uh, the one thing I think about this, uh, Nikki, you reminded me about getting down on the ground. If you cease to get down on the ground get and down. get back up... <laughs> get back up. <laughs> you, won't, you, you won't be able to at some point. Like as as an aging adult, I'm just saying uh, you yeah. got to get down and get no, back up, I, like ten days. Get yeah. down, get back up ten times a day or something well, in order to maintain the ability to do and that. And that's why we notice, like in Japanese people, like that, where they're like culturally they sit on the floor a lot right. and they do a lot of stuff like that. The they're Asian a lot more, squat. Yeah, they're a lot more flexible, and you know, I, I just watched the documentary on blue zones, right? And that was one of the things they noticed, like a lot of these blue zones. Their life is exercise, right? So they're like, these Japanese people that are getting up and down off the ground, that's like doing 100 squats a day. Right, yeah. When you're sitting in a chair, it's not that much effort for you to stand up off the chair a few times. I speak from personal experience, having recently refloored yeah. some of my house and Did also some yoga? And, and recovered uh, the, the front porch. Refloored a house. Uh yeah, getting down and then Get getting down. back up again at age again. 51 is not what it used to be at, uh, say, age 22, for right. example. Uh, yeah, it's a completely different thing. You you plan. You're like, okay, I'm going to take a bunch of stuff and put it low now so that when I'm on the ground, I can just sort of move around on the ground and take yeah. care of stuff until I run out. Then I'll have to get back up and then, you know, repeat the process instead of grabbing a little bit of stuff, getting down, getting back up, go get some more, you know, you plan to work in man and talk radio. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you've got to integrate exercise in your day or you're going to just age. I've well, even got if you little do, reminders though. to do things. Yeah. I do. I, I do 12 burpees in the morning and 12 burpees at night. I do um, Asian squats throughout the day. I've got mm-hmm. these little reminders to do this stuff. And it looks funny, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm so, like, relatively if you're just, healthy for 52. If you're just outside, like, walking around and, like, you know, your watch or your calendar, you know, notifies you to, like, do, do you just start doing them right there? Uh, I try to get someplace where people aren't going to notice me. <laughs> the Asian squat is a little, it's different. It's not like squats. It's not like body squats. It's okay. just sort of getting down into that position yeah. and staying there and doing things. So they'll garden for hours in this right. position. Right. Um, I just want to be sort of used to it enough that I can, you know, before, when I started, I couldn't get all the way down into the Asian squat position. Right. Yeah. And now I can, and I can hold it for, you know, as long as I want to, basically. I'm, I'm not holding it for a very long period of time, maybe 30, 60 seconds, something like that. And then just, as, just so when I feel like, yep, uh, my body's relaxed, and then I get back up and I go well, on. But even day. if you do that, you can't outrun Father Time, at least not yet. At some point, I will die. Unless they figure out some hack for it. We'll see. Which, I mean, science now is at a point with... Uh, Genetic programming. I don't know what else to call it, right? Gene splicing. Yeah, there's right? a term. It's epigenetics. Epige- yes, thank you. Uh, is that a point now where they're figuring out stuff at a lightning pace? Like, I'm not even on top of all the stuff that they're figuring out. Um, I know that they've made great strides in just uh, what I call BCI, which is or, or CBA, computer brain, brain computer interfaces. Mm-hmm. They've made exceeding uh, strides in that to a point where. Um, they're blind a, people can see. Yeah. I, I've, I talked about this recently, maybe even Friday on this show where like they have the ability now to attach, I'm going to call them leads to your eyeball. And then that transmits information to these leads. And then a computer deconstructs that and creates an image yeah. so that a blind person can see at least a little bit. Yeah, which right? is amazing. And the clarity of that is growing. The last I looked into it, which was uh, 10, 15 years ago, they were at a point where you know they got to drill a hole in the back of your head and implant a thing that stays there. It's got to have a battery that you know you can wear at the time. It was just something that clipped onto a guy's belt with a couple of wires coming off his head or whatever. Uh, but that's like now it's like, oh, they can just put like a, a watch battery inside of the thing and like you got to replace it every, oh, I don't know, couple of yeah. years or something like that. Really? Yeah. I mean, we are seeing a lot of developments in medical science. Yes. Um, but we're also seeing, you know, the, the younger generation is not expected to live longer than their parents. And that is the first time we have seen that in recent history. That's um, diet. And it is due to diet. I mean, we're seeing astronomical rates of obesity because yep. of the you know government subsidizing corn syrup and all the wheat processed and food, all the processed all the food. You could just exactly. stop with corn. They subsidize corn. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, so I and I also think we're becoming a lot less active. So when we are seeing those blue zones where they have the highest amount of centennials, yeah. um, people who are over 100 years old, what you're seeing is people who are not really like hitting the gym and exercising. Their lifestyle is relatively active. So they're gardening. Yep. They're they're walking. They're walking everywhere. They're walking, you know, uphill, downhill. They're they're living in houses that have three Barefoot, to four both sto- ways in the snow. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. But they you know they have, you know, multi-story houses that they so they're constantly climbing chairs like the Asian people that are sitting on the floor and then getting up and maybe you do that like 50 times a day and that's like the equivalent of doing squats. Yeah, it's true. All sorts of things like that, natural foods. They're not eating processed foods. They're not eating corn syrup. They're they not have a eating Yeah, they're yeah, they're not eating wheat that is sprayed with glyphosate. Yep. They don't they're not eating um all of these like 
artificial dyes and all of this crap that we are eating in you know the american diet right. that is literally making people extremely sick causing cancer causing obesity causing diabetes all most of those diseases are absolutely prevent, preventable um and it all comes down to diet and lifestyle so it's that's true. just you know my my quick health rant somehow like we, sneak that in in the u.s um, and probably many places around the world we've gotten used to things like i mean chairs are a good example um you know my mom buys these toilets they're a little higher than regular toilets because mm-hmm. they're easier for her. well why wouldn't you want something that's easier that sounds great it's a you yeah. know what's what's the big deal well now you've got to hire a personal trainer so that you can, yeah. you know, rather than having, a, you know, a potty that's closer to the ground, in fact, that would help you to be able to get on and off something like this longer, yeah. you've well, got one higher. My grandmother um, had a chair that actually lifted up. It was like a mechanical yeah, yeah, old person chair. chair. Yeah. And it would like kind of like almost like throw her off of it or like give yeah, her like yeah. a boost off of it. Yeah, these get uh, marketed she couldn't to stand up. Yeah, these get marketed to the elderly on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I read an argument recently, and and Mark, I want to get your opinion on this specifically, but you can chime in too, Nikki, of course, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, innovation is not fueled by market competition. It is instead fueled by the lazy, because the <laughs> lazy are always trying to figure out how to do something easier with less time, you know, less effort and that kind of a thing. And it's the lazy people who are sort of the, you know, the champions of innovation. My dad was a foreman at the mold plant. Uh, this is making molds for glass. M-O-U-L-D. Or, yeah. M-O, yeah. Yeah, mold. Not M-O-L-D, that? like the green stuff that grows on the side of your house. Yeah, I don't know um, how to spell it, I That's guess. moss, actually. Um, but he was at the mold plant at Tropicana in Bradenton, Florida. Yeah. Uh, for, and he got like a watch when he retired. He'd been there a long time. Now, he was the highest level you could be as a worker. He wasn't management, but he was in charge of men. And his advice to me was hire a lazy man because they'll figure out how to do the job better. Mm -hmm. You know, like a hardworking man will do what he's told and do it with a smile on his face. Yeah, work smarter, not harder. A lazy man will figure out how to do the job as quickly and as easily as possible so that he can loaf around longer. I I think there's something to this statement. I personally find lazy men very annoying to manage, probably because I am a lazy manager and do not want to lazy (laughs) and do want to manage people. But um, I think that there's something to, uh, you know, this this whole concept that uh, you want to, you know, make things constantly be innovating. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I, I think there definitely needs to be a balance. Like, you want someone who... I, and to me, it's not necessarily lazy, right? Because I think of lazy, and I think if that's a, a bad thing. And I'm thinking, you know, if somebody's lazy, they're not going to be innovative. Um, So it's definitely something else. I, I, I like the term work smarter, not harder. I don't know what I would exactly... I like it, too. ...coin that as, but... We're out of time. Thank you to our callers. Thank you, Mark, for guesting. Thank you, Nikki, as always. Thank you to our listeners. If you missed any part of tonight's show, please find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks, and peace. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. 
Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.